Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Rather, this afternoon. Welcome back to the Welcome to Asgard podcast, episode 296 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast. And today I am joined by the Chosen of Valhalla. We're trying something a little bit different today. So we are currently using the Restream Studio, and I've got my tried and true uh, Chosen with me, and I will introduce them um, in just a couple of seconds. Before going any further, though, please make sure you smash that like button if you're watching on YouTube. We are also live on Twitter and on DLive as well. So thank you again, everyone, for being here today. Again, we're trying this out uh, because it just allows for me to do uh, extra things. Also allows me to be able to, to have the people's uh, you know, have my chosen's names being shown and all that good stuff and uh, tons of other options as well. Uh, and again, I, I've, I've already I'm being called out right now in the private chat that we have going on with my chosen. I'm being called a boomer because technically I am late. This is true. However, I was trying new technology. I wanted to make sure that everyone was good before diving in. So let's go ahead and get started then. And let us say hello first to Eagle Rider. And that is Rosetta Allen. Rosetta, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad. Busy, busy, busy. (laughs) Very good. Very good to hear. Uh, And you are currently on the road. So some people might hear some background noise and stuff like that. But Yep, and I'll try to stay muted when I'm not talking. (laughs) Perfect, perfect, perfect. Well, I'm so glad that you were able to join us once again on this Chosen of Valhalla stream. Yep, be a complete and utter total troublemaker absolutely absolutely she'll and she'll probably be one of the only uh, hopefully fingers crossed and you always know whenever i say this i screw everything over um it will hopefully be the only uh connection issues only because she is using mobile hotspot data and so therefore there might be sometimes where there is a bit of of disconnection issues but she's Especially on the way since i'm in iowa i mean come yeah. on there's not oh, exactly yeah, I mean, a great signal on the roads <laughs> now now uh you you don't talk to those iowans like that okay oh i say much worse to them all the time <laughs> i iowa i like to think of as music man whenever i hear about iowa oh those guys Hawkeyes are the worst drivers and most sociopathic people in the world prove me oh, wrong wow. i mean tell us how you really feel Rosetta. <laughs> <laughs> I have gotten it down to a science. I can predict what cars are going to do based on how much Hawkeye crap they have on them. I'm not kidding. Wow. <laughs> wow. That, that is uh, that's a, a little judgmental, I would say. But, you know, hey. Over 99% accurate. Oh, uh-huh. okay. I'll take your word for it <laughs> since you're there and I'm not. But, uh, Rosetta, thank you for joining uh, once again. We also have joining us... The modern major general of the channel. Uh, she is, of course, as I like to say, she is she's really the mother of the channel because she has just she always takes care of me. She has always, you know, sent me the things that really I mean, Voltan. That's all I need to say. Voltan. It was sent to me by uh, this woman. And so, of course, she is the wonderful and the incomparable uh, Laura story. Laura, how's it going? Ah, she says that she cannot hear. Um, It does seem to say that there might be some connection issues, as expected, 
there is some issues going on already here. Um, hopefully, everyone in the chat right now can hear us uh, just fine. So she's going to try and reconnect there. So as we wait for her to come back in, let's go ahead and bring in the Empress of the Universe herself. She is, of course, my amazing Valkyrie, Tina. Hi. Tina, how's it going? <laughs> I didn't know you were going to come to me so quick because I had something to say. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what. Do yeah. K-Man and Mr. Roy and and then if Laura gets connected, do her and then come back to me because you all know how my intros get sometimes. Okay. So... Okay, come well, back so to, come back I'm gonna to me. I'm gonna kick you out then, and All then right, I'm gonna bring. Bye. The <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> I cut leaving her off right threat. when she was leaving. I mean, just gonna say, leaving on a threat. Absolutely, absolutely. But it was the way it should have been. So anyway, uh, the modern major general, she might be back, Laura. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, she's here. <laughs> So I went out of the stream to just, of course, someone's texting me, you know, to get no text during the week. I streamed for two hours and the whole world needs to every get a time. Hold of me. And it, yeah, it shut me out uh, when I shut the window down. <sighs> every single time. You so know, I'm it's here. like people know. It's like they know I, I'm about to go on a stream and they're going to make me leave the window. And because, you know, these are just the quirks of mobile devices, everything just gets haphazard when you, you know, it's supposedly suspended in the, you know, RAM, right, to, to keep on working, but it never does. But Laura, how's it going otherwise? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. Okay. Trying to get situated. Might have to, uh, might have to go elsewhere. The, uh, oh. the gardeners are about. And the dogs want to kill the gardeners. Oh, oh no. Wow. <laughs> you know that not, is. not just bark, but kill. Yeah. Well, my one dog is a rescue dog, so everything is dangerous. <laughs> oh, yeah. But no, that's, it's, that's it's right. Cool. Well, hey, you all know we have a dog friendly and cat friendly. That's for Rosetta. Uh, yes. We have an animal friendly channel here. And so if there's ever dogs in the background, since my own dogs will, of course, from time to time, be in the background barking up a storm. Uh, more than welcome here. Oh, in cool. Asgard. Thank you. Of course. Well, we'll see because I may bring other animals into the stream anyways, depending on how busy the zoo is. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Uh, for anyone missed it earlier, she oh. is going to the zoo. Oh, and uh, plenty of animals at the zoo. So. I, I need my red pandas if they're out today. Oh, you said the red pandas? They're one of my favorite things to go visit, yeah. It's funny because I had a student who graduated last year, and he was obsessed with red pandas. And uh, so much so that his goal in life was to become a red panda. Oh, one sec here. I got to show you. I got to send you something real quick. Okay. okay. Gotcha. If I could stop getting weird messages from Parrot Head first, I'm... At first, I thought you were going to say Carrot Top. And no. then I got really excited because I'm Good like, wait a minute, head. you have a connection with Carrot Top. That's someone we need. <laughs> we need to feature on the show at some point. Well, I'm as Rosetta. Okay. As we wait on that from Rosetta. Laura, thank you as always for jumping in and uh, joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. A couple of them available on the phone, but there you go. Cool. I will try and send that. Was those sent on the Discord? Okay, cool. I will then uh, try and get those set up when 
uh, when I can. All right, we'll go ahead and welcome in our next guest. And uh, he is now living in the great state of uh, Tennessee, just like I am. He is a musician um, and also just a beautiful person who has just done a lot of work for charity, much like uh, Rosetta, much like a lot of the people associated with this uh, channel. Just, again, very generous group of people that we just have in our Asgardian community. Uh, and he, of course, is the incredibly talented ZK Man. ZK Man, how is it going, good sir? I'm doing pretty good. I love how you uh, had to throw the Sopranos at uh, Tina by cutting her off mid-sentence at the end. <laughs> well, if she's going to make me, you know, have to reintroduce her, then, you know, uh, I, I, I don't care if she's in the middle of something and I cut her off. I'm kidding, of course, because uh, Tina's wonderful. She's the Empress of the Universe. And uh, if anyone is going to put me in my place, it's going to be her. So, uh, K-Man, though, how how's it going? How you been? I'm pretty good. Finally starting to get everything together to hopefully by, if everything runs smooth, I will be an official homeowner by November 26th. Nice. That is awesome. Very exciting. Very exciting. Uh, just got those last minute details, last minute things wrapping up and then, and then you'll be good. Oh yeah, it'll be it'll be sort of an early birthday present for myself. Nice. There's always the best kind of birthday. When is presents. your birthday? Uh, December 9th. Oh. Okay, because my husband's at the end of November. I'm at the end of December, so. Yeah, nice. Ended up being one. I ended up being a December baby. Yeah, yeah I was born in December, after right after Christmas. So basically, nobody ever noticed my birthday. <laughs> Yeah, I've always had a time because I've uh, in my family, we're all like almost exactly three years apart. Um, and we also all are born as far as like month wise, very similar to each other. It's like, you know, I'm the earliest in in the group. And then there's two in October. And then we have uh, parents December. And then, of course, I have one brother who is the oddball of the family for a lot of different reasons. And he's May. So <laughs> it's like we're well, all I mean, like these wait, winter, wait, fall... <laughs> communities and what was yeah. that you were saying i was i was just gonna laugh at that it's like well you could look at it this way i was born the day after my parents anniversary which should give you a clue how much fun they had that anniversary um <laughs> uh see there's something i could mention about my own life but uh i i, I just know that my wife would not want me to, to mention it so i'm not going to but maybe one day in the future it'll just randomly will slip as as we know, I, I, I make mistakes and say things sometimes that I really shouldn't be saying. I can't believe I'm going to be 38 here soon. Wow. Wow. I'm getting old. Yeah. And as I mentioned with the three years thing, I'm thinking about my, my older brother, 36, and then sister just uh, earlier this month, 39. My again, sister just six. turned 40 this month and i'm now the only one not in my 40s and my siblings so yeah we're all yeah and that's why it's so weird because we're all within a span of nine years you know with the three years so uh my little brother he just hit 30 and and my sister just hit 39 so it's like me and my siblings are all two years apart and my husband and his siblings are all two years apart and if you actually look at our two families together it's literally from like 76 through 83 we had one of us born every single year between one of the families. Very, very nice. So it's like 
weird, but yeah, it was every two years for my parents. Yeah. One of the other things, of course, that I like is that I can uh, do my typical highlighting comments. So anyone wonders where the whole highlighting comments comes from, it's actually using Restream Studio. I've just been able to find a way to basically commandeer the software and provide the experience for free for free during uh, and through OBS. So that's why for for normal you know solo streams, it's it's perfect. It's great. Uh, but obviously for streams like this, I'm already obviously if there's any other major issues, of course, we'll, we'll we'll walk through those as we get through them. But I just like the fact that now, you know, we're all on equal footing. Everyone here, right, has we all have our names so people know who is who and who's talking and everything. So I just I like it. I, I just so far am liking the uh, general experience overall. And so hopefully it's going well for everyone who's watching, too. Uh, I do want to apologize. I do, though, that the R amongst a couple other people do typically like to watch on Odyssey. Uh, using the free version of this uh, does not allow for Odyssey. But if this stream goes really well uh, with very uh, few issues, this is something that I would absolutely be willing to uh, be able to to pay for again because I, I paid for it for a little bit because I thought that this was going to be like the thing to do, thing to use, especially for the chosen streams and to do maybe interviews, things like that. And then there were some issues. Uh, it seems like they've ironed out at least some of the mobile issues. And that's the only reason why we're even doing this today is because I got a random email uh, saying, hey, by the way, here are some things that we fixed if you didn't know. And one of it was the, the mobile experience for people who were, you know, calling in via mobile was fixed. And it seems like things are holding up so far. But Plus, I begged him. Yeah. Plus, I begged him because Discord yes. doesn't work on my little laptop for travel. Yes. <laughs> yes. So it's it's been uh, really cool to, to see this working uh, the way that it is. But uh, anyway, uh, we got, again, it's K-Man. Thank you for joining us once again. Oh, definitely. All right. We got someone else joining us today, and uh, Lord knows that he's going to be, he's got to be a tired man because uh, he he works those night shifts, and uh, <laughs> he's going to be able to have gotten a little bit of sleep uh, before jumping on, uh, but he is the one and the only Mr. Roy. Mr. Roy, how is it going, good sir? Hello. <laughs> Hello. Uh, I'm doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um working crazy shifts right now yeah. um good news is i'm supposed to get some time off in november so hopefully nice. yeah how much time off you think uh i only work 14 days next month okay so, so like I half get, the month off yeah i get half the month off now i guess the question is uh which half of the month do you get um or is it like a mixture? Like that's a mixture. You get three days here, three days there, and then the during the Thanksgiving holidays, I get the whole week off. <laughs> okay, all right, that's good. Yeah, it's, uh, that's always the tricky one, right? Is is the holidays? Um, you know, because obviously in, in certain jobs, you some years get to basically flip flop, where it's like one year you get this, the other year you get that, um, and I know that can be uh, tricky a lot. So hey, glad to hear you got the entire week of Thanksgiving off. That's nice. Yeah, it's um, it depends on when the schedule falls. Like, I get Thanksgiving off, but unfortunately, I have to work Christmas night, <laughs> oh. so I'll miss out on Christmas this year. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and I know because I have a family uh, brother-in-law who's a firefighter, and again, same thing. They plan out their days in advance, and so they're like, "Okay, I'm getting Christmas this year. You're getting Thanksgiving this year. All that stuff." And uh, yeah, it's one of those things where it's it's one that's like it's fair, but then it's also like, yeah, but then you're missing out on one of the holidays and it's, you know, it could be, it can still be tough. But uh, It's better at a previous job where you miss every holiday. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. I mean, to at least get, I think everyone would agree. It's like, I'd rather get at least one than, than none at all. That's for sure. 
Well, Mr. Roy, thank you for joining us once again. And we now have joining us, I think she'll be joining us this time. She uh, she told me to, to take her out last time. So we'll see. We'll see if she's ready um, now. But anyway, uh, today, once again, joining us, Empress of the Universe. She is, of course, Tina B. Tina, how's it going? Am I in here? You are in. You <laughs> okay, are in now. I want to see my little thing up there. So, okay. Well, hi, yeah. everybody. So, um, yeah, I'm shaking off a headache. I've had a. I've been having headaches for the last week or so. I don't know if it's the change in the weather, change in the new home. Not sure, but I'm slowly unpacking. <laughs> and how many? I was telling Laura, I have this app on my phone where I can scan in my UPC codes or you can enter them manually. Mm. And right now, I'm not done yet. Right now, I have 110 movies and 170 books, and I'm not even done yet. <laughs> nice. And that's ones that, like, so like the things that you got this year specifically or the ones that you own in general? I, ones that I've owned. Like, I have a book. I had put a picture of it on Discord. I don't know where my grandparents got it, mm. but I, it's been, it was, I've carried it with me wherever I moved to. But it's like a White Star Line catalog or brochure, mm. but it's hardback. And the book has a red cover with the White Star on it. And when you go inside, which I have to be really careful with the pages because I don't know how the book is, but there are photographs of the Olympic, which was Titanic and Britannic's sister. And she's the only one of the three that survived. And because Britannic, I think, hit a landmine during World War I, she was a hospital ship. She sank... Uh, I think in the Aegean, but she didn't go as far down as the Titanic did. So it's much easier to get to her. But it's just so cool. It has these photographs in it. And the photographs are not, they're like glued to the page. They're not like fixed into the page like you would see most photographs. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so I have that. And of course, that doesn't, I had to put that in manually. And I have all my Patrick O'Brien books. And I think I told you and Laura I have 30 or 40 cookbooks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm never going to do that much cooking again. So. <laughs> but anyway, no, I was trying to get my thoughts together uh, about something because you all know how my intros get sometimes and this might get a little emotional for me. So you all bear with me a little bit. Yeah, but um, I I posted a link on Discord, Odin, and I know your response was boo. <laughs> uh, it was a link from a friend of mine uh, called Why Dune's, <laughs> Why Lynch's Dune is More Fun Than the New One. And you put, <laughs> you put boo, but I was wondering, did you read the rest of my comment? So no, and, and so if, if there was something in there that I uh, needed more context for, I, I just want to say that I was you. I hopefully it seems like you do know the boo was specifically geared towards yeah, that yeah. and not towards anything and not towards anything. Yeah, else. I kind of thought that, and I was like, I yeah. doubt very much that he even read my comment, but. I think the reason why I'm sorry I'm having these headaches the last week is I'm thinking a lot about my mom. Yeah. And I have, 
I think the reason why I have a connection to Lynch's doom is because of my mom. She's been dead now for 10 years. And I think she probably would have liked the new doom because I think she probably would have liked it. We would have had a lot of discussions. But the reason why I have such a connection with that movie is because my mom was a huge fan of the police. She saw them in concert and uh, she was the one to introduce the group to me. Uh, she had all their albums. I think most people, if you heard any of their songs, you know that Sting wrote most of their lyrics. He was like Jim Morrison or Paul McCartney or John Lennon. And when they broke up, I don't think anybody was really surprised because sometimes in some groups, it's just like Diana Ross or Michael Jackson. They are the ones that everybody pays attention to. So Sting did, he was going on a solo tour and we found out, oh my gosh, he's going to be in Cincinnati. And my mom was real excited. I was like, okay, I'm going to try to get us tickets. He was going to be playing in an outside venue um, just outside Cincinnati. And then she asked me, had I been hearing about this Dune movie? She, we, neither one of us knew what it was. My brother said, yeah, he read the books when he was in high school or when he was in school at the time. I think it was, ugh, he wasn't that old then, but he had heard of them. And my mother was like, yeah, they've been showing it on entertainment tonight. I don't really know what it is, but Sting's in it. She was very excited about that. And come to find out the concert was going to be the same weekend that this movie was opening. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, then what we ought to do is let's go to Cincinnati, see Sting in concert, and then we'll go see this movie that he's going to be in that you're so excited about. And she was like, yes, because have you seen that photo of him in the car? <laughs> And I was like, yeah, I saw that on Entertainment Tonight. So we went to Cincinnati. We got to see him in concert. I don't know how many people know Sting is a bass player. And he did, you know, he played a lot of bass during the concert. And he's considered one of the best bass players in rock. At least he was at that time. And he sang some of the songs by the police. He sang Roxanne the way it should have been sung when the police did it. They had a kind of an up-tempo, but he did it almost as a ballad. And he sang some of the songs from his new album, but we had such a fantastic time. And so that was on a Friday. Okay, well, Saturday we go to see this Dune movie that neither one of us knew much about. And me and her had such a connection over the movie. It, it, we, we, we enjoyed it. We discussed it all the time when it finally hit cable. It was one of those movies that it was just like I would go over to her place and she'd have it on. I'm like, oh, you're looking at it again. And we would laugh. And I gave her the VH, VHS tape. I don't remember if I ever got it for on DVD. But it was just something we <laughs> kind of bonded over. And when Lynch did Blue Velvet, um, that was another movie we didn't bond over, but we discussed it all the time. We, I think we discussed Dune more, but we discussed Blue Velvet too. And then when Lynch and Mark Frost did Twin Peaks, I think that came out in 89. 
that was Twin Peaks is considered one of the top television shows in TV history because it was so freaking quirky. And Kyle McLaughlin, who played Paul in Dune, that was where we knew him from. And then he was also in Blue Velvet. We were just like, oh my gosh, there's Kyle McLaughlin. So we had become fans of his. So when my mom died, my, my baby sister said, one of her fondest memories was she was the big thing on Twin Peaks was cherry pie, coffee, and donuts. And she said, Mommy, I was too young to drink coffee. So Mommy would warm up milk and put some coffee in it. So when we watched the show, Shanta felt like, you know, she's drinking coffee. And my mom makes the cherry pie and the donuts. So Twin Peaks was something that we all connected over. But I was never like, I'm not a Lynch fanatic. Me and my friend Amanda, who sent me that link, the two of us became friends over our mutual hatred of season three of Twin Peaks because I know there are people that think it's great, but we were like, we don't know what the hell is going on. And we looked at every episode. So we were like, oh my gosh, this is what happens when you give a director a blank check and tell him do what he wants. So that was how I became friends with her. But I think the thing is, the point I'm trying to make is, I know you don't like Lynch's do, but it's like every time when you disparage it. It's just something that hits me in my heart because I'm thinking of my mom. And I was dreaming about her the other day. And no, we weren't talking about doing or anything, but it was like, I know she's looking down at me. And I, I, I have a feeling, yes, she probably liked this new movie better than I did. But you don't have to like the movie, but it's just those of us that do. People have connections to things. And I try to remember that myself when I say I hate Disney, but I know there are a lot of people that maybe they visited Disney with their family, maybe their parents, and you have these memories. So I, I hope that makes sense. Absolutely. What And I just want to say, Tina, I'm, you, I'm very sorry. Yeah. I want to say I'm very sorry. Um, first off, that I did not read the entire comment um, to see the full context of that. That's totally on me. Um, and even though I'm sure that there is a reason as to why I didn't read the comment, maybe I was in school or something, it doesn't matter because um, I, I should have gone back to read it. So I just wanted to apologize for that. And I also want to apologize for not knowing that that was the impact um, that the comments that I've made uh, and have been making towards that Dune um, have had uh, an impact on, have, have impacted you in that way. Because, uh, and I, I hope that, and I, th I think that you would know um, that that was obviously never my intention. Um, oh, and no. I would never And I would never no. want to hurt you or anyone else, um, especially people who are a part of this community who, have just again been there for me for so many different things, and um, and I know that it, it's 
uh, a very small thing to, to try and to to try and I guess make make up make right everything but i've been mentioning before about how i had been sent the two copies and you know i just sent the the one that laura had won from the giveaways yeah. out and i was going to hold on to my 4k just for my collection but this is this is heading your way all right so oh, you are getting this dune 4k collection because this obviously this would on my shelf would just be a collector's item and for you this is going to be a lot more so um i'm going to send this out later um uh, this week and, well, uh, and again i, I want to say i'm sorry for uh well, like, I, like i said it, yeah thank you well like i said it's you know you don't have to like a movie but it was like the last few weeks it's just been kind of hitting me harder and harder and when I dreamt about her the other night, what was so wonderful was that she had gotten sick in 99 and they never figured out what happened. She had some kind of a virus. And so then she had to use a wheelchair to get around. But in my dream, she wasn't in the wheelchair. Mm -hmm. It was just like, this is Rita the way. And I never called her mom or mommy or mother. Yeah. I always called her by her name, Rita. Yeah. And it was Rita as I remembered her. And I, when I saw that special edition, I was like, oh, my God, Rita would have loved that. Yeah. <laughs> I know she would have. So, yeah, I, I kind of figured you didn't read it, and I don't know. It just, everything was kind of hitting me, and I think that's been part of why I've been having the migraine. So yeah. uh, I think it's just the tension on top of moving. So, yeah. uh, but I, I, yeah, I've taken up enough time. Thank thank you all. I appreciate it. No, and it. again, thank you for letting me know, um, because as some who know me know very well, I, I am terrible as far as, uh, getting back to people in a timely manner at, at, at points, you know, uh, the fact that it took me a, almost a month to send out uh, some of the some of the prizes that people had won. Like I just, you know, the the, the world around me, uh, dist you know, distracts me so much. But um, again, I, I do apologize uh, for the personal impact that this that I now know that that these and I will um, keep these keep that in mind especially um as future talk of dune of course is bound to come out and bound to come up um and i can also see why uh this would definitely um probably lead to it not being um something that you know as far as the new dune is concerned it it's it doesn't have the same connection you know no. it's it's lacking that connection and and that's something where it's it's something that is is going to you know impact the way as I'm sure anything that any of us have a special, that's the reason why, you know, when they remake or reboot things from our childhood, right. And, and they do things to mm -hmm. these properties, right. It's almost mm -hmm. like they're, it's almost like they're doing a personal attack, you know, cause it feels like it's a part of us in a yeah. way uh, that's being yeah. attacked. And so uh, now, now knowing that that's the impact it has for you uh, when talking about this one, um, I will definitely. Um, well, I, yeah. I I appreciate it. And like I said, I, I kind of think my mother would have would probably have liked the new one, but we would have had some great conversations over it. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just know that there have been a thousand hearts for you oh. in the chat um, from so many people um, who, again, are, are with you, supporting you. 
and uh, I've been trying to flash them, fla- flash them up on screen as as they've been coming in. Thank um, you. And uh, of course, Stephanie B is just also, you know, both of y'all, the amazing human being that she is. Uh, and then, you know, bringing up Sting as, as Fide. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I did see a comment earlier, and I figured it would it would also be a good comment to, to highlight uh, in, um, you know, in, in these, uh, in the context of this, uh, and that's from Infeerter when he says here, that cod piece looked like Sting's Sting could slip out at any moment. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my mother, it, she liked your so looking man. So, so there you go. <laughs> wow. um, I'm just going to say, yeah, that, that sounds like the kind of comment I would make. I mean. <laughs> uh, but just so that way, uh, Tina, that you know, just that, you know, what's going to be on the way to you. Because, again, I think that this is going to. Um, especially in, in, you know, new places you unpack, right? They, what I loved about it, I, I remember going through this when I first got it, but you got, you know, the, you know, old school poster. Oh my gosh. So I know that you'll have a very special place for that. There's yeah. also the, the new artwork that they did for this release. Yeah. I re- yeah. I vaguely remember that poster too. I think that's the theatrical one. Yeah. And then they, again, I mention this all the time with Aero Video, but they just always throw in everything. Because you know, because you're a Criterion Collection fan like I am, mm-hmm. you know that they do everything. So there's all these different booklets, right, going through the cast with the different uh, pictures and breakdowns. Mm-hmm. So I just know that if anyone's going to appreciate this a- as much as anyone else I could ever think of, it would be, of course, you. And not just not to mention, of course, the, the emotional meaning uh, with having this as well. And um, and just to also know that this does come with both. Um, it, it comes with the 4K disc. It comes mm-hmm. with a bonus uh, Blu-ray disc, which I I think um, might just have the special features on it. Um, okay. And so uh, you know the 4K disc. I do you have a 4K player yet? No, I still just have a Blu-ray. Okay. You might have a 4K player on the way to you as well. So we'll. Uh... <laughs> We'll, we'll, Aww, we'll, that's we'll talk. Sweet. We will talk. <laughs> uh, but it also, they always Aww. have like these, they always have these, um, like they're supposed to be usually like postcards. Um, but this is not a post. It's just like little cards from different scenes. Speaking of sting, here is the, the battle between. Oh yeah. My, and sting. My, my mom was like, Oh, yeah. I like Paul. I like Paul Atreides, but oh, and I was like, God, yes, <laughs> but because Sting, he's in that outfit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, I mentioned this uh, to to Laura because uh, I was chatting with Laura, and because um, I'm still in the process of of listening to the book, and I've actually just gotten to it's so the way the book is broken up is into three books. Um, and so it covers, you know, the first one's Dune. The second one is, I think it's just called Muad'Dib. And uh-huh. then the second one's Profit. So I just started Profit, which is, I think this is when officially the two-year jump happens. Because it right. picks up with the Baron. Um, and it's it's him having and showing concern for, uh, I'm assuming it's the nephew. I, I think, is that the nephew that Sting played, maybe? Yeah, yeah. The one that he had in line to be his successor? Yeah, and I keep thinking Sting and Rabon were brothers? 
does anybody remember that? Yeah, because Sting's character is the only one, or I don't know about Sting's character, but I, I know that in the book, really it's the one nephew that's given uh, a lot of attention, at least up to this right. point. Um, and I don't know, yeah, I, I don't know if the char- if a character was added on or not. Maybe if there's anyone that's read the book that knows more about the, the I, book I know I Fed's in it because mm-hmm. you know, it's been a while, but I think he used to kind of do these, I'll just call them gladiatorial type battles. Yeah. But the opponents sometimes were drugged, but mm-hmm. he didn't like that because he yeah. wanted to kind of face them one-on-one. And I know... I don't know if they'll be in one of the future uh, movies, but uh, Raban was supposed to be, that's why they called him the beast because he was the one who went in and like struck stuff down. But with fade, it was kind of like he was still ruthless, but he had that gentle touch. Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, it's been a while since I've, I've I haven't read the books since I saw the 84 movie. So yeah. uh, I remember, I think I read the first for my brother's read all of them. I don't know oh, if wow. he's read Herbert's son's books that are the prequels or not, but yeah, um, yeah, I might at some point try to reread them, but I've got so many, oh, so many books. Wait, I'm going to say, you were saying you got, what was it, 30 cookbooks? So, I've I got mean... like 30 or 40 cookbooks, and I've read, Laura, you were asking me how many books I've read this year. I've read 53. Holy this cow. Year. Yeah, and thank God a lot of them are audio books. So, and that's not even counting the movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're, yeah. A, you're a busy, you're a busy woman. I mean, Tina's a machine. She is. <laughs> she is a machine. You figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> She's a replicant. I have to switch devices here. We're in the parking okay. lot, so it's great. I'll be back in in just a few minutes here. Well, as you before you go, I did pull this up beforehand, and uh, so. Here is uh, the image that she shared with me earlier. And so these were ones that you took? These are ones I took. One of those is the ones here at Blank Park. The other one is actually from Kansas City. So Nice. So here is one and here is the other, which is just, I think, adorable. It's adorable. So anyway, I wanted, wanted to get that yeah. out before you uh, head into the zoo. Aww. So. <laughs> oh yeah, I gotta get inside and stuff, and then I'll try to sign back in. Absolutely. Um, Once you pop back in, I'll, I'll I'll bring you back. All right. Bye. Sounds like a All children's right. book. Rosetta goes to the zoo. I know. Rosetta <laughs> goes to the zoo. <laughs> but there's tons of love being sent your way, and also uh, ZK man, bro, streamception much? Uh, just donated thirty dollars via Streamlabs donation. Uh, and he says here to help uh, put towards Tina's new 4K. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. So we're going to get you hooked up with um, uh, we're going to get you hooked up with a 4K player. Thanks. So that way you can watch this film and have not just the film, but also the special features and also finally be able to actually, you know, be able to. Uh, watch some of the 4Ks that you get from me that also yeah. come with the Blu-rays. And so that way you'll be able to actually uh, watch them in 4K the way that they were uh, meant to be seen. Yeah, I mean, I've got several 4Ks up yeah. on my shelf that I'm looking at right now. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, I I, can't, I don't know when I'll be able to play those. Yeah. 
Oh you know, my we'll, gosh. We'll figure things out because when it comes to 4Ks, it can be, and I know that uh, Mr. Roy and, and K-Man probably would be really good help on this, Mr. Roy especially as a, as a collector of 4Ks, um, you know, as far as like the kind of system like that that would be best and uh, the kind of TV that you would need in order to, to play because even I'm having... <laughs> I still have my, oh my own gosh. issues with my own with my own setup. So we want to make sure though that that yours is 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 pristine nice. and and is perfect because well hopefully it. it'll hopefully it'll hook up to the TV I have because I have a I think this is a fifty two inch flat oh. screen and I just oh. the television it's like I don't want to invest in any more electronics for a while yeah. because I've got I got money going all over the place with this move so absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I said don't don't even worry about it cuz uh <laughs> we got we got your back. <laughs> oh, Andrew. Yeah, he uh, I haven't seen the live no I haven't seen the live chat. Special edition Excalibur though. Yeah, I still got to watch that. He sent me that special edition of Excalibur all the way from England. It was an edition. Oh, he did. Oh, so Yeah. It's okay. one you can't get here in the states. Oh, is that so that's not uh so it's different than the one that um, I was sent. Laura, you sent me this one, right? I was about to say that was me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like it's either Laura or Rosie G12 is typically <laughs> going to be. <laughs> That's good company to be in. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, both amazing people, right? I mean, it's just that. And then Bruce will be like sending me boxes of films. Um, <laughs> and it's always hard. It's like a lot harder to keep track because like as far as like pure volume, it's like. I can't even count the number that, that Bruce has sent me. I'm sure he has a tab of uh, the <laughs> number that he sent, <laughs> which is actually good because it keeps me on my toes as well. Of Okay, I need to still watch this. I still need to watch this. But yeah, so I still need to. to so this is the, different than the one that you were sent then. Yes. Okay. Yes. It has a completely different. I don't have it. Uh, it's up on my shelf somewhere because all my. The movies that mean much, so much to me, I've got them on one shelf and I've got mm. other movies on the other one. <laughs> um, oh, Laura, remember, if Odin doesn't like Excalibur, we're going to have a road tripper flying Andrew over from England. Oh. <laughs> to break it down for him. <laughs> break oh, it down, no. break some bones if we have to. All right, and looks like oh. we have, now from a mobile connection, we have Rosetta <laughs> joining us. <laughs> What's up, Rosetta? See? Ooh. Oh, I got eagles. some eagles. Hello, eagles. Which are ones that they took in from after resource projects, so those were injured ones that were rescued. Nice. And Ooh. yeah, there's, there's some nice stuff to do here, and my husband wandering off. He'll be over here in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, very nice. Glad, glad that you're in and, and that we've, we've got a connection coming through. Uh, let's yeah. say hello uh, to some people uh, that are in the chat as I've been highlighting some comments throughout. Uh, but of course, a huge shout out to Stephanie B. Thank you for being one of my Valkyrie and just for being an awesome and amazing person in general. It says, red pandas look like raccoons in better outfits. I like um <laughs> I like that explanation of them. Uh, we got the new number two over here. What's going on, Dean Heiss? General Wingster uh, doing his typical thing. Wait, Odin, don't let her on. She's got to ruin everything, and I can't stand the... Oh, hi, Tina. Oh, General <laughs> oh, Wingster. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Man. 
So while everyone else was was showing, you know, all the love and hearts, here, here comes General Wingster, just like a like a wrecking ball, literally. Uh, and that's your new nickname is you're the wrecking ball, General Wingster. You are uh, what's her name? Um, Miley oh Cyrus. Miley Cyrus. That's the <laughs> name I didn't want to remember, but was trying to think of. <laughs> Miley Cyrus is your name, General Wingster. Uh, Stephanie B with the claps. We got Mr. Grant Gregory in the chat as well. Hail to you. We got Damon Walking 55. Hail to you. Glad to have you here as always. Uh, let's see. Damon Walking then just says, gotta head out. Okay, well, Damon Walking, just <laughs> stopping by for a little bit. Uh, th- <laughs> thank you very much uh, for being here. Uh, Kiko Rogers points out Tina's version has an extra 10 to 15 minutes. The UK inform releases tend to be better. Uh, yeah. Cause y'all, you know, in, over in the UK and, and, and abroad, y'all get not just the movies, but you also get, Oh, look at that photo right there. That's, that's mighty nice Rosetta. Um, but yeah, you also tend to get like four K steelbook editions that are exclusive and other special editions. I remember there was a Christopher Nolan set, that y'all had that was not available in the States. And I was just like, man, this is, in fact, uh, I have a couple of sets. I I believe my toy story set, which is the trilogy because there are only three toy story films. Um, I believe that's a UK import. And then also I've got the pirates of the Caribbean franchise as well. And um, even though some of them are not that good, uh, but I wanted it anyway, because the general concept is one that I enjoy. And that is also a, a UK import, I believe. Nice. But it is interesting. It is interesting. Uh, here's here's Bruce. It says, whoever sees this, at my last count, I have sent Odin 24 movies. Wow. wow. Oh, That's very wow. generous. Here, Odin, say hi to him. He can actually hear you. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Good. <laughs> it's the Rosetta hubby. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we also have a oh, Miss Streamception again, Mr. Roy. Thank you for the $50 donation via Streamlabs donation. And his message is for Tina's 4K player. So, Mr. Roy, thank you so very much. K Man, thank you both for being incredibly uh, generous with that. And yeah, once we figure out, uh, the system what she has what she would need we'll of course get all that stuff set up um so that's awesome y'all are awesome everybody loves tina absolutely that is one of the great things about this whole community is we're all we all help each other any way we can yes and 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 it's sad that there is a movie now that has been in existence for oh man i can't believe it's been like 10 15 years but it kind of has ruined the 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 phrase we're all in this together because it's a great expression, but now every time I say it, all I can think about is High School Musical. We're all in this together. Dun, dun, dun. Still, shut up! Stop that! Stop that! <laughs> oh, oh! Can people hear me? Yeah. <laughs> I know. We're all in this together. I know. I thought. I was going to say we all are Team Flash. That line that was driving me crazy the last season that I looked at that show. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! Uh, Bruce says twenty five is is the count. We got Joey Horn who says hail to the chosen. Hail Joey Horn. 
Thank you for being here. Soul Assassin has been in here as well. Kara Tharp, uh, I found 3D Blu-ray Steelbook for Titanic. Interesting. I don't know if I'd ever want to watch that on 3D, though. I, I just, I don't trust that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and that was one. I don't think Cameron shot Titanic in 3D. I think yeah, they revamped it, it into 3D. That, that should have been one that was on uh, film. It was when when I saw it in '97. Yeah, it was on film, and I mean, I, there was no problem with it. I don't know why he would do 3D, but yeah, not wrapped tight. <laughs> He's turning everything into 3D. The only 3D post transfer, like that, that was a 3D film after the fact, that I thought actually did a pretty good job, was Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park came back to, to the screen, and it was a 3D re-release. And maybe it's just because I liked seeing the film on a big screen. Like maybe mm-hmm. that's what made me like, like it a little bit more, but the 3d was very, I think tame and it's not something I would ever buy. I don't think anyone should ever go out of their way to find the 3d Cameron, version. I'm going to get camera stuck here. Yeah. What, what, what here. was that Rosetta? Hold the phone. Not talking to him. Sorry. I couldn't reach the mute. Okay. Gotcha. Um, but anyway, so I, I would not recommend anyone actually going out of the way to uh, purchase it on 3D. Because also, who actually has a 3D camera? I mean, seriously. I, I think my brother's told me his Blu-ray has 3D on it. Because he yeah. was telling me, I'll come over to his place sometime and show me something in 3D. And I was like, I know. <laughs> I've seen those 3D TVs and they just, I don't, I don't trust them. I don't trust them at all. <laughs> uh, also, uh, Rosetta, just so you know, I had just, uh, I'll unmute you now. Um, but beforehand, just, uh, oh, we can't quite see it. The glare. Yeah. I'm trying to get around the, the stupid glare here. The JJ Abrams. Right, right, JJ Abrams. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. Look at that. <laughs> I love doing it's, this stuff. It's so cute. Uh-huh. Uh, Forever Sci-Fi asked the question, how many of those has, has Odin actually watched of the ones sent to me by, I assume that's the ones by Bruce. I've seen a few of those. Um, there have been films that I've been able to watch like right off the bat as soon as they've been sent. And then there's others where once I put them into my collection, I forget, forget who they them were sent forever. by. I don't forget them forever. It's just I forget who sent them to me. And so, um, cause also some of them were films that, um, were, were not meant to be like, watch them right away. It was more of a, Hey, they're there. I, I want to say Bruce was the one who sent me, maybe I'm wrong on this, but did he, was he the one who sent me the 300 parody yeah. film? Yes. He said he was going to. <laughs> so, and I did watch that movie and oh man, my time. I will never get back <laughs> for watching that movie. <laughs> and Theater says, uh, might want to hook uh, Tina up with a multi-region 4K player so she can watch any movie from across the globe. Yeah, that's a good point. Because uh, 4K, for those that don't know, 4K actually does not have any restrictions. So if you get a 4K disc from anywhere in the world, it'll play on any 4K player. Um, but to get region free would just mean any Blu-ray could do the same um, as well. Oh yeah, don't worry. Again, we're gonna we're gonna make sure that whatever one we end up going with, it's gonna be the right one, and it's it's gonna be the best one. 
uh, because again, she absolutely uh, deserves it for sure. Let's see. Bruce says one of those movies was a two movie set. So it literally is 25 movies I've sent. Ah, yes. Was the other one, if it's a two movie set, was that the Conan set? Or was that one set by Rosie G12? Which one was it? The Conan the Barbarian yeah. set. I don't remember. The giraffe. They said they were sending that. It's a giraffe. Oh, hi, giraffe. How's it going? Giraffe the younger one, too. Oh, it's a baby giraffe. Hello, baby giraffe. How's it going? <laughs> well, everyone, <laughs> thank you for, for being with us today. And of course, shout out to all of my chosen for being with us today as well. We'll go ahead and do like we normally do and just see what's been going on uh, with the various chosen's uh, lives, things that they want to talk about uh, as far as their projects they've been working on, uh, movies or TV shows that they have been watching, uh, and, and pretty much you know anything that is is a passionate subject for for our chosen. So we'll go ahead and we'll we'll start in order here with with what it is now. And so uh, ZK man, what what have you been up to, man? Uh, pretty much uh, for the most part, just getting everything settled because. For a while there, I was jumping around after I moved away from Oregon. Mm -hmm. uh, I had, uh, once I left there, uh, ended up in Mississippi for a few weeks, and now I've been up here in Tennessee since then. And so pretty much most, of, a lot of my time has been going back and forth between work and trying to get, trying to find a house, because we went through about, four houses and three offers before we finally got one. And, uh, and how close are you now to, uh, closing in? You had mentioned, I think in the very beginning, but. Yeah, pretty much, uh, right now, as far as my end goes, I just gotta get the homeowners insurance taken care of. But as far as the, loan people's side it's more or less just waiting for them to do their little thing to make sure that the house is worth what we're paying for and whatnot nice yeah and um oh man because i remember it's crazy to think that this is going on now three years since we moved up here uh to the chattanooga area um, because we were in one, we were in one house originally, and then we, uh, eventually, uh, moved to another. And I, I just remember still moving up with, cause I drove the giant, I want to say we ended up with like the 26 foot U-Haul. And I also had an additional add on in the back to carry my personal car as well. Drove that from New Orleans to chat. It was just insane an insane drive really and then i think i've mentioned this pre guys. what what are we is that a rhino mm-hmm is that a rhinoceros that was the it's baby the, last year it's the rhinoceros where is the hippopotamus in kansas city <laughs> why are there no hippopotamuses there because this is not that big Oh, gotcha. Um, but what I was saying was that it's interesting just how crazy time has passed. And so I remember going through that process, though, of having to close on 
like the New Orleans house, it took forever to close on that one. And then uh, up here as well, when we were trying to close on the one we're in now, there was this whole process because we were in on another one and we were told, oh yeah, it'll be done during this time. And then weeks passed and then nothing ever happened. It was just insane. And um, so I know that process is like, so I'm glad to hear you're in the final stages. It's like, it always takes longer than it needs to, but you're on the final stages. Yeah, especially after uh, uh, the second house that we had came across that we had put an offer in on. Mm. It took them like two days to tell us that that they decide they don't want to because they was afraid that the loan people wouldn't give me the loan because there was a few things that needed to be repaired on the house, which I mean, it, it wasn't nothing major, but we're thinking that they just they didn't want a loan. They want actual cash. So you wouldn't have to do any type of uh, thing to uh, oh, dang. convince loan people. But uh. Yeah, glad uh, the house that I'm moving into. It's not exactly what I originally was looking for, but yeah, it it it'll it'll do the job for what I want it to be. It's got the amount of rooms that I was looking for at the very least. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what happened with us too. Where we uh, with the first house that we were looking at before this one, uh, it was uh, like a perfect situation because it was a it was a new build. And they were already like very far along in in the process. So, but they weren't far an, along enough for us not to have some input. So, I actually th- there's part of me that still is like, man, if we had gotten that one, we're glad we got out of it though, because the house that we were looking at apparently it's still like on the market, like it hasn't <laughs> been done yet. So, but we had had we gotten that one, we would have been able to basically have a room downstairs that was not meant to be an actual like room. And it would have been like a perfect office space uh, for me with like concrete around it. So it would have been very good for like noise isolation, which would have been very, which would have made of course Freya very, very happy not having to worry about, you know, uh, my loud voice. Um, And so (laughs) it was, yeah, but ended up where we got a place that was an old, airbnb with two floors so it actually ended up working out where yeah so it's like literally we could if we wanted to live (laughs) on either floor because both have a kitchen uh because again it was it was a two apartment uh, airbnb essentially and it's funny because we still get mail about uh oh what you could do with this it's like no we're, we're, we're turning it into a home and eventually the second kitchen will you know go away and maybe get turned into another room or something but it's been yeah, so it's 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 fun. I, I would say to some extent. Is this a a newer house? Uh, is it older or what do you? Uh, it's uh early 1900s, but they okay. they've done some repairs where they put a new roof on it and uh, hmm. some new windows, but everything else is still all the same. Floors are nice, and uh, it has it has surprised me for the price that they asked for how how good the house looks mm-hmm. uh, I, I like it how the fact that even though technically as far as like everything goes with the kitchen bath and all that that's technically all on one floor but they do have a second floor to where i can turn that into like a office slash studio to where i can nice do everything there i won't have to be searching to rent out studio space and whatnot whenever i need to record something very cool. Yeah, I mean, it's always great when 
uh, these places just, it just, it works, you know, like uh, for us here, obviously having a place for me that had a room that works very well for me as, as an office, even though my wife hates the way that I have, and I'm sure some of you even hate the way I have that oriented right with the windows, uh, rather the glass behind me and just the, the way that everything is direction wise. But there was a reason why everything was chosen the way that it was in my own, in my own head. Um, but it, yeah, it's always great when stuff like that works out though, where it's like, Oh, I can totally use this for this reason. And, and it totally will work out. Uh, it definitely does. Like, like I said, it might not have been what I was originally searching for, but it is definitely going to do the trick for what I need for future things. Absolutely. And so uh, in this process, are you getting a feel for the area? Um, like basically like from where you are now to where you're going, like, well, first off, are you still in the same location that you were? Um, or is there like a midway point that you are to make traveling easier or how far away is it from where you like, like how has that process been of being able to like keep, you know, getting to know the area that you're going to move to? That one's a little bit harder because mm -hmm. right now that's that's almost uh, just under an hour and a half away from here. So it, mm -hmm. it, it takes me over 80 miles one way to oh, wow. get from where I'm at to. But, uh, but as far as the location, it, it's a nice little quiet town. Uh, pretty much I, I literally, I could probably walk the whole town with it probably in under an hour or so okay so it, it uh yeah it, it's nice and quiet like i said it uh which is basically what i was looking for was something to because especially like with recording and stuff like that it, that would have never worked whenever i was still in oregon especially being in an apartment because constantly noise i'd have to stop in between and work around other schedules whereas at this place it, based on what the little bit i've been around it uh it pretty much uh especially during the daytime i won't have to worry about any outside noises uh interrupting mm -hmm. anything like that yeah oh yeah absolutely and you know obviously especially when you're recording music the last thing you want is for random sounds to make it into <laughs> what might have been a really good take you know and it's something where uh it's interesting how especially when you go to and listen to some older tracks and some older albums like all of them have these different stories behind them and maybe as a musician maybe you've heard of this one but it was one that it was like part of a really creepy video from back in the day. This is back during like the e-bombs world days where like that was like the, the main source of videos and such. There's this one where it's a song where it claims that you can hear a woman being killed in the background. I forget the name of the song. Oh, roller coaster. Is that, is that what it is? Yes. So yeah, it's like, and they go into the history behind it and how like there was a fight between like the manager and, and someone else and, and like the woman bars into the studio or something. And so like the guy just like kills her. And so there's a part of the song where you hear a scream and it like isolates it and isolates it and isolates it. And you're just like, oh, what what's going on? <laughs> and, and so it's like, yeah, you don't want that kind of stuff popping up into, into your tracks where it's like. Did I just did I just hear a, a plate in the background? But hey, I guess the the one loss is that you might not have uh, 
something iconic for <laughs> the wrong reasons like that in the background. That's all right. It's better than the last song that I recorded. Uh, literally, to cancel out as much noise as I, I could, I literally recorded it in a closet. Well, I will say, typically speaking, that is is actually going to give you some of the best isolation. Mm. It's not comfortable, but <laughs> it's going to give so, you... <laughs> especially because th- this closet wasn't technically a walk-in closet, but... <laughs> oh, like it was actually like, oh man, yeah. yeah, yeah you're looking at it, it's probably <laughs> maybe five square feet or something like that. J- j- oh, just enough goodness. to for me and the microphone to be in there. Oh my goodness. Yeah, because I know that there's a couple of people that do... Uh, advice for if you want to do like voiceover work, microphone work. And like one of the things that they say is, you know, if you're looking for budget setups, one of the first things they say is, hey, uh, go into a closet with all the clothes because it's very good at sound dampening. And and you're like, that's kind of a brilliant thing. But as you just said, like, unless you have like a walk-in closet where there's like a lot of space to set up, sometimes it can be a, okay, yeah, this might work, but um, uh, this this is uh, <laughs> this is not the best... <laughs> It's not the best scenario. Not the best situation to be in. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we know, of course, that you have been uh, working on a book, on on a novel. Yep. And also music to go along with it. How how has that been with the move, especially? It's kind of pushed me back a little bit on it. Not not by much, but uh, still being able to do that and. Uh which once I finally get moved into placing my own permanent home, uh, I'll definitely be able to work on it a lot more. But the goal is still to have all that out by mid to late of next year. Mm-hmm. Nice. Very cool. I uh, see we have a, another visit from um, one of the uh, giraffes. First, I thought I was walking right towards me, and then it turned. I was very upset. <laughs> Rosetta, I blame you for for not being able to get that uh, giraffe to walk right towards me. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> it hurt my feelings. Also, now with the giraffe, uh, all I can think of is this. It's one of the, it's a video that's always featured in a try not to laugh challenge video, and it's on a ski slope. And literally, they're just posing for a picture, and then someone just flies by wearing a giraffe costume. That fence. I got a giraffe. That's all I can think of. What was that? that He keeps coming over the head of this fence. Look at this. Look at this. Just his head over. Hi. That's like the mindset I always get with uh, (laughs) with animals. Hi. He's posing for the picture. That's cute. That's a pretty great picture, though. <laughs> yeah, I got some interesting face shots of him doing that. <laughs> <laughs> kudos to them for for, for getting that picture. There's another one coming up and joining him. Aww, like I wait a minute, I wouldn't be in the picture, and this other one's like, nope. <laughs> I want to leave now. Um. All right. So about midway through next year, K Man for the album and the book together. Right. Okay. Awesome. And this is something where 
people can primarily follow it through your website? Are you going to launch a uh, GoFundMe or Indiegogo or anything like that? Uh, or is it just going to be something where people can get information from your website? I've actually been looking into uh, uh, different fun things to help out with the whenever it comes time to actually publish and whatnot, uh, maybe have some type of deal where I may end up introducing like certain people in the book as characters or something like that. Maybe like if I, if I do go that route, then have things like if they donate a certain amount, then they end up becoming a character in the book, like uh, mm. a side character. Oh. Now, the real question is, are you going to be able to integrate this giraffe into the book? <laughs> this is uh, a little speedy pressing question. <laughs> and then a giraffe came. <laughs> and he was eating his food. And he was very happy. <laughs> oh, all I got to do is have one of the scenes uh, take place into a, in a zoo. And there we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But for the for the most part, best way still people to keep track of you x the boundaries co correct. Yep. And it's a dash after that x, right? Tick, tick. Little little tiny uh, dear guy. That one's just a x the boundaries. Okay, x the boundaries co. Hi there, little guy. As Rosetta makes all the noise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to mute Rosetta if she keeps it up. Uh, I have the power. <laughs> <laughs> much love, much love to Rosetta. <laughs> uh, K-Man, you've been able to watch anything? Yeah, I've actually, uh, I haven't been, the funny thing is, I actually found three movies that, I, well, four movies if you count one that my mom gave me. But I was going to watch before all this, but I wasn't able to. But I was able to watch some other movies. Uh, uh, one movie that I was going that I was hoping to watch was one that apparently, according to my mom, is one that was actually filmed in their house by an independent uh, filmmaker. And what was the name of that film? Uh, shoot, I don't have it on me right now. Uh, okay, dang it. But uh, it's one that I definitely because I remember her talking about before because this is one that had been filmed years ago. Whenever I was asking her about movies recommendation and whatnot, and she had told me about it. So I definitely will try to get to that one before uh, the next stream. But and uh, I would think that one was pretty cool uh, as far as uh movies that i have watched uh uh the most recent one i've seen the new adams family 2 the animation one uh, how was that one had you seen the original animated one i never did get to see the first one but uh, okay which that might be part of the reason why I, I didn't really care for this one as much it i between that and the fact that probably the Live action ones probably spoiled me a lot too. Oh yeah, but, because uh, they're just class. I mean, they're just so classic. I mean, yeah. there's just Raul Julia, of course, is is phenomenal as as Gomez, and uh, you just have so many talented 
people in that entire cast. Um, and it's amazing to me that there are still some people that have like never seen it before. And I don't get that one. Yeah. I guess uh, how does the second one, I guess, compare it? I mean, obviously it's, it's hard to compare it, but is it, you think it's one that families and kids might enjoy at least? I believe so. Cause, uh, whenever I went to see it, there was actually one family in there at the same time as when I did. And, the uh, kids seemed to be jumping around and enjoying it, especially when towards the end, when they started playing the music and all that, uh, to me, as far as like story wise, it was like a generic family road trip type movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I think that that one is much more inspired by the original comic and uh, probably the original show because it's not as I I haven't again I haven't seen either of these animated ones, but though, at least from the trailers, it, they come across as being much more like silly campy, but not as like dark. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Um, Cause the movies, the live action films, I think are just such a perfect blend of so many things that even the original show, which I, I, I cannot say I'm an expert on the original series at all, but I don't even think that one had as much, I think nice play on, on the dark tones and the dark comedy elements, uh, as compared to the movies. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, as far as the animation, uh, with this one anyways, uh, if somebody has kids, yeah, that they probably would enjoy it. I mean, like with me, the closest thing I got to kids right now is a nephew. So, Mm. so it didn't really appeal to me that much, but like I said, it, it, one of those ones that if you have like younger kids, probably, I'd say probably maybe six or under. They probably would really enjoy it. Okay. So it's like one of the ones where, hey, if you've got nothing else to do, but the kids are driving you nuts and and you want them to sit down and enjoy something, that seems like this might be one of the projects that that could probably get that going. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Anything else that you were able to check out? Yeah, seen the... uh... Free Guy movie with Ryan Reynolds. So what do you think about uh, Free Guy? <laughs> uh, surprisingly, well, it, i put it this way. When I originally seen the trailers for it, I was kind of up in the air about it. It didn't really uh, grab my attention. It, mm-hmm. So whenever I went to see it, it was one of those deals where I wanted to get out and go see a movie. And so that happened to be the only thing playing at the time that seemed worth watching. Yeah, but I, but once I actually sat down, I actually enjoyed watching the movie, mm-hmm. and and I ended up a funny enough. I actually connected more with a Ryan Reynolds character than what I thought I would have. Yeah, it, it definitely took me by surprise as well when I eventually got to see it, and uh, my wife and I were were able to watch it together. Actually, she's a huge Ryan Reynolds fan. Um, much to my chagrin sometimes huge Ryan Reynolds fan loves him in, in blade Trinity, especially not because blade Trinity is necessarily a good film, but because, uh, he takes a shirt off in that movie. And again, she's a fan of Ryan Reynolds anyway. Um, uh, (laughs) and, uh, one of the things though, that is, is, is great about that film specifically is, uh, the way we were able to watch it because 
It's actually for free on Disney Plus, but only in like the UK and Europe. I think I'd mentioned this. So I had to, we had to use a VPN to access it. But sure enough, we're able to use a VPN, access it, and uh, yeah, I I actually liked it a lot more than I thought that I would. I definitely had some issues with some of the CG elements um, and some of the other sto- storytelling elements, but I did thoroughly enjoy Ryan Reynolds' character overall. And then especially when, oh, what's the character? Uh, free, uh, was it just Free Dude, who is his like alter ego? Yeah. Yeah, the jacked up alter ego. That, that whole sequence was also pretty entertaining as well. Okay, so we got to see Free Guy, and Free Guy was that one that you were able to watch online or got uh, rental actually, or... actually seeing it in theater. Oh yeah, dude, that's the other thing too, right? Is that film has had the ins- most insane legs that I've ever seen, as far as just like how long that film has been out. I mean, that yeah, was a that... summer release, and it's October, and it's like I think it's still playing in some theaters. That was the thing that surprised me is that I was not expecting it to be on the list of movies whenever I went to look for something to watch. And sure enough, it was still on there. And that's probably been about maybe two weeks ago. Mm hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. As I'm seeing uh, comments here from Lauren, I totally agree. Raul is absolutely Gomez. And also, Angel- Angel- Angelica Houston also. Uh, perfect casting. Oh yeah, and for me, she is Morticia. Like it's just that is, uh, and the chemistry between them is just palpable. It's so incredible. And then I did want to make a point because Peabody had mentioned right now for him, obviously since he's in the future, it is uh, Halloween for them over there, and they do the whole costumes and candy, but they don't trick or treat, which is 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 an interesting concept uh, to me. Also, I would ask a question, I guess now, especially because of the way things are in Australia. Um, I hate to say it this way, but it's like, do you need a COVID? Like, do you need a, a pass? Like, do you need to have a pass in order to go trick or treating? Um, or, or, or like, is there any area that you can trick or treat? Or is that just not a part of the culture at all? That would be an interesting question, I think. Um, but yeah, uh, I couldn't imagine not having a Halloween either, Laura. And for me, uh, one of the traditions that I've mentioned before uh, in previous years that I do, that my parents did, and I continued it on, I think my wife and I are going to do it tomorrow as well as we watch the Adam Stanley live action because they're just perfect films for that time. So, okay, Free Guy. And were you able to watch And By the way, those were beautiful lions that were being showed there. yeah having a little fun can't you tell (laughs) i can i can tell yes it's like it's like a day in the life at the zoo are these otters or seals sea lions here and some and a couple walruses in it oh fun walruses are funny i don't know why they're just funny they're right now yeah i just love especially how lazy they can be there's nothing funnier than seeing a bunch of them just laying around like on the beach and just like or on a rock and just chilling out doing nothing they have river otters in the zoo but it's kind of interesting that they have them in the zoo here because they're actually one of the animals that's local to this area so i've seen them speeding around in the rivers and lakes here yeah absolutely 
Uh, let's see, Sandy Q, who is a member, by the way, uh, Sandy Q, thank you for uh, being a member for four months in a row and in future for becoming a member at the Citizen, citizen of Asgardian level. Uh, Sandy Q says, the Addams Family cartoon strip TV show and movie is an amazing study in diversity without being woke and preachy, and the family members truly love each other and depend on each other. Yeah, I would definitely say. Uh, and it's truly a diversity of character, right? It's what true diversity is, right? It's when diversity of character, diversity of thought, the way that it it should be, the way that it should be for sure. Um, as a... Got it. Gotcha, 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 Laura, about charging. Uh, here in the Steadfast is in the chat as well. Uh, yes, the dude from Free 2. Free <laughs> and yes, Laura, yeah, exactly, because he is super hot. Yep, that is exactly why uh, she is a big fan. Uh, also, I mean, he's funny. He's a funny guy, too. So he's got a personality as well. So it's not all about looks to her. Um because I have a personality too. Uh, Andrew Hoyle is uh, a member. Andrew Hoyle, what's up, bro? Says Ryan Reynolds' pal just ha- bought a football club from Wales. Yeah, dude, Reynolds has been buying a lot of stuff because he, he, I feel like he bought something else recently too. Like he's got the cell phone company, but yeah, he's just buying everything or giving money. Like he really is, I think, one of the few actors working in Hollywood right now where I. I, I just like almost everything he's doing, like because he's doing a lot of good stuff, for the most part. I don't know. Uh, Willard Burfton over on D Live says need to wear a mask. I don't know if that is saying at the zoo or about uh, trick or treating specifically in um, in Australia. If that is the the case, uh, Forever Sci-Fi then says don't try to be the Lion Whisperer to Rosetta. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely don't. <laughs> Or or uh, well, next tiger king or tiger queen? No, between me and them, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> the real question is, yeah, is is the tiger king there? That's the real question. Oh God! Same with those tiger pictures. They're taken through that plexiglass. So <laughs> nice. It's always it's always good to have that safety. They actually uh, have an albino peacock here. Oh, look at that! Are all the feathers also white? Yeah. What? And then they have the other crazy ones here. They're going through molting Pe- right now. Peacocks can be pretty vicious. They used to wander free until too many kids kept bugging them and they started biting. Yeah. And then they blamed <laughs> it on them. And it's like, no, when you have kids running up to you, even as an animal, to bother you, guess what? It's, like, you know, it's, it's not the animal's fault if a kid pokes them in the head and they bite them back. Exactly. <laughs> Hashtag justice for Harambe. That's all I'll say about that. Um, Mr. Peabody says, no pass. Uh, Western Australia is still COVID-free. It's not really any restrictions, but if you want to work, you ah, I gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So it's just not a part of the actual process. Uh, K-Man, any other films? Yeah, I think the final one is uh, I did see the new Dune movie as well. Okay, and uh, what were your thoughts about Dune? Uh, actually, uh, enjoyed it. Uh, okay. Actually, I'm actually curious to see what they come up with for the part two. Yeah, me too. Um, d- now, have you read the original book? No, I, I haven't read the book. Uh, as far as the original movie, I 
Dude, that has been so long ago. I was probably nine or ten years old when I seen that one, so I don't Okay. really remember much about it. But uh, So pretty you only much. seen the original film and so not the series or anything like that that also No. happened? Okay. Uh, this one actually makes me want to go and check it out just to see Yeah. exactly how much uh, they because. I've heard some people say that this one holds a little bit more true to the books than the original. I don't know if that's true or not, though. I think both in both cases, because like there's certain elements that you could point to in each, I think, to say, OK, this is just like the book or this is just like the book. And and that's, I think, always kind of the it, it's really kind of the losing battle with any adaptation of a book it, Hmm. is that it's never going to make every reader of the book happy. And Right. it makes sense because books have tons of information, tons of inner dialogue, especially that you just can't convey in a really effective way. A lot of the times when it comes to, you know, TV or, or film, I, you know, for me, I, 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 that's why I typically would rather, especially for a book or a series of books would much rather them try and do and you know a, a limited series or, or something like that, because I think, I think they could just do a lot more with it, but It, it is something that I, I do think is a valid because my brother, my, my, my little brother, I, I've mentioned this previously, right? He had a very similar experience where he, like you, wanted to know more. Like he just was like, I'm hungry for more. I, I want to know more. I'm not confused really by anything that I've seen so far. I just want to know more of, of the actual story. And uh, it's nice to hear that because from from my perspective, I was, you know, less than halfway through when I first saw it. Now I'm into, for anyone that's read the book, I'm in book three of the first book, uh, which is called Profit. And so I'm uh, about 20 minutes into that part of it. And I think this is when the two-year jump's happening. So I think that I would imagine that part two will probably, I guess, pick up with the two-year jump, uh, unless they do a little bit more and maybe cover some of the stuff that they skipped in this movie especially when it comes to like their burial rituals and the concept of water and the person's water and stuff that they didn't really cover as much if they maybe transition that just to a different part of it before doing it but to me i think it would make the most sense for them just to be like two years later um but it would kind of leave out a couple of things because there's uh interesting stuff with uh lady jessica especially and uh bane jesserit and um Reverend Mother, and I don't want to say too. Obviously, the book's been out since the 1960s, but I, I don't want to do too much for people that are just wanting to rely on the newer Dune uh, to learn the story. But there's a lot of stuff that they still haven't covered, and I wonder if they will. Uh, that's definitely one one ba uh, bad thing about trying to convert books into movies and stuff because you're looking at the average movie script is probably less than 200 pages in total, whereas a book could be five, 600 pages long. And so it's always hard to try to convey one from another. But uh, Mm -hmm. I, I think based on the little bit that I do know about all of it is that this one does do pretty decent job at the storytelling. Uh, like I said, it, it got me to want to check out the original stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's definitely for some of them, maybe not all. I think it's got a lot of the characterizations um, really down from at least compared to, to, to some of the things in the book. Like, so like one of the criticisms, I think it's a valid one. So I'm not trying to 
uh, go after it. But I think that that's between like the 84 Dune and this one is the age of Paul, yeah. uh, the actors and the way that the, I think that that's one thing where reading the book and it's like clearly listed as a 15 year old. You know, I look at who they have with Timothy Chalamet and I'm like, OK, this guy passes much more easily as like a teenager, whereas the original actor, I, I look at him and I'm like, he looked like he was in his maybe late 20s, early 30s. When he plays, so like that to me is like one of those things where it's like okay, just on paper it seems to match a little bit more. Um, but uh, a couple of the other characters too, I thought they did very very good jobs casting. But also they didn't they didn't expand on a lot of the characters too, so it's hard yeah. to tell in some of their cases to know whether it was good casting because there's a lot of uh, story and character elements that were left undeveloped, unfortunately. It's one of those deals where you would. One of them, it would have had to have been a little bit longer, but at the same time, you don't want to push people away because you know, cause it does start to lag on you the longer a film can go, which I don't know, maybe with this one, it might have, like I said, it caught my attention enough to where they might have been able to add on a little bit more time to it and try to develop the characters a little bit better. But yeah. then again, they... That might be one of those deals that they plan on elaborating on in the second movie. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and now that he knows he's getting one, I, part of me wonders if, if Denis Villeneuve is going to be like, I want a three and a half hour movie. Like if he's going to like call like the bluff of the studio or something like that and being like, okay, you, you, you want in? Okay. Let's 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 talk. Let's talk terms and conditions because if I'm going to do this right, I need this like that. Um, is going to be interesting to see is how much money does he get? Does he get the 165 that he got for the first one? Does he get more? Does he get less? Um, I'm not sure. Is that a rabbit or a kangaroo? Or something else entirely? I couldn't tell just from Wallaby. the... Wallaby! Oh, look at that. Hello, Wallaby. They have to run loose in the Australia's area here, so they'll come up right next to you. Beg. So you get to, you get to pet a wallaby? Oh, <laughs> they're interesting. So do the black swans, by the way, and they like hmm. to steal the teething crackers out of strollers. Oh, Lord. <laughs> they steal from children. That, is that what I just yes. said? <laughs> yes, the black swans steal from the kids when they're in they here. Steal from the children. And all I can think of, of course, is that line from Hook: "The children, the children were screaming because the black swan stole their teethers." <laughs> <laughs> and then the Kookaburra. <gasps> Kookaburra sit in the old gum tree. Merry, merry prince of the fantasy. I, I learned that song. Uh, and also, shout out to Peabody, because uh, he sent me a kookaburra. And uh, it's actually, it's it's in my closet. And uh, baby Thor, once he's a little bit older, um, will we'll have access to it. As well as the koala uh, that was sent. And I think there was one other one that he sent as well. <laughs> So. Kookaburras are one of Steve's favorite things, and he still remembers seeing them out in the wild when they went down to Australia when he was a teen. Nice. Very cool. Uh, so, Mr. Roy, you were able to see Dune and liked it a lot. And Oh, sorry. No, sorry. K-Man. Um, I am actually, I just lost my train of thought. K-Man, we were still... <clears throat> You had seen Dune, right? Yeah. Oh yes. my goodness! I just was, <laughs> I was like, oh man, 
I have been distracted now to the point of I am lost completely. Uh, <laughs> Owen has entered a chat. <laughs> oh, man. That's my brain for you. That's an ADD brain. Uh, so you liked the new Dune, and you're looking forward to it. And again, you had some experience with the original, but you don't really remember it uh, that much, and so didn't have as much of an impact. So... Uh, I feel like, yeah, it's interesting. It's so interesting having all the different perspectives on this film, to be honest. And I know that there are a few others who have seen the film who have who have uh, lots of things that they want to say about it, too. And it's going to be interesting because I'm sure everyone's going to have a different take, a different perspective. And I think it's just interesting just how this film has been so widely accepted, rejected, criticized, praised. And it's like fit all of these different levels. It's kind of like what films should be. Where it's, yeah. it causes conversation, you know? Yep. Absolutely. Uh, anything else that you wanted to share, K-Man? I think that's all as far as what I've watched so far. Okay. Very nice. Very cool. Thank you for uh, sharing as always. And uh, again, uh, always keep us posted on your projects as they go through. And of course, good luck with the move as well mm -hmm. as you keep on going through yeah. appreciate it yeah, absolutely man uh now M mr roy uh before <laughs> officially getting to you <laughs> uh just to see uh if anything happened in the uh chat so see if anyone else is uh joined let's see peabody uh had this to say here i did tell you that you were right didn't like the new dune prefer the original yeah so uh peabody um so but said I was, oh, oh, so I think that's what I had said about what I thought he would think about it. Um, so, yeah, and I, I could I could see that being, uh, be, I could see, again, you being more drawn to, to the original in that way. Uh, then Laura in the chat said, yeah, the 80s Dune got a lot of people to read the books. Yeah, and again, it kind of gives you those those kudos. And that's why, to be honest, you know, you know, obviously not just because of our conversation earlier, but I was already kind of interested in, uh, at some point, even though I never planned on it, uh, doing it again to, to rewatch the original Dune with the book knowledge to see, because then I could be like, okay, this is like the book or this is not like the book or things might make more sense or some of the choices that came across as very weird and odd. Maybe those would make a bit more sense with the context of the book instead. Um, and I think that it's interesting, right? Because it did, I think, yeah, obviously. And I think this film too is going to lead to a lot of people uh, reading the book as well. As I mentioned, my little brother just being uh, one example of that as well. Uh, uh, Peabody says, they didn't set up the telepathy. They just get random subtitles. You don't know why. Well, I and that was the one thing I did see that you had mentioned there. Um, I, I did see that you had mentioned that there, uh, Peabody, in, in that comment, and I was going to respond to it. Um, but they, it's not, they don't present it as telepathy in the movie. Um, they present it actually more as like a sign language. I don't know if, if anyone else noticed that too, right? Like they notice they basically reference it as like kind of like a sign language. And so it's not that they're just making head motions, like their, their fingers are, are making motions too. And so it's like this variation of, of sign. And so I didn't really get it. I didn't really get it as a random thing. Like I, I think that they rather they translated it instead of it being any type of telepathic communication it ended up being more motion based and almost sign based in, in its approach. Did anyone else get that? Or am I just completely off base with that? That's how I took it at least. 
Yeah, that's how I seen it was that yeah. it was sign language. And uh and and again, I don't remember that being a big part of the book as far as like the entirety of the story. Um, cause it's been a while obviously since that, you know, it's been several hours since that first part, especially where that was kind of going on because really the only, I guess, telepathic or internal monologue dialogue that's really happening is in the situation of the new Reverend mother. And if you've read the book, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so in the process of, an, of the new, of the new Reverend mother, there is an inner dialogue that happens between characters within the mind of one person. Um, but that's about all I know as far as like telepathic abilities. Uh, again, this is just from the book specifically. So yeah, from the movie, it seemed like they're doing some type of sign. And I want to say, I want to say the book mentions some, some type of sign or some type of special communication that they have with each other, um, in that way. Rogue Disney, what's going on? Welcome, welcome, welcome. And then he also adds might be 15, but f different worlds, different orbits, different years, time frames. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so he then says, uh, black swans will attack you, will attack your fin f finger if you wear a Band-Aid. Oh, wow. Dang. So they don't, they don't just want to go after the, uh, the teethers. They want to go after the Band-Aids, too. That's pretty ruthless when you think about it. Like, that means that they go after injured people. That, that's ruthless. That is totally ruthless there. Um, and then Laura adds on to say, I'm going to have to review the books before I watch part two. Yeah. I mean, part of me is like, once I finish part one, which I'm, I'm not too far away from doing is, do I go on to part two? Uh, you know, do I continue in the books? Cause I hear as the books go on, they get very odd. They get very, very weird. Um, so part of me is like, I, I don't, maybe, I don't, I don't know. Do I, do I not? Cause I love this first one. Uh, I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, and, and then we also have a $5 super chat. What's going on, G-Man? I uh, says, hey, Odin, do you like Wes Anderson? His latest movie doesn't seem to be getting much buzz. What gives? Well, it's not getting a lot of buzz because it's only out, uh, last weekend at least, it was only out in like 20, 50 theaters maybe. And it still made like a crap, it made like 25,000 per theater, which is incredible when you think about it. Um, like most theaters, most films, when they open, will make somewhere between like what five and 10,000 per theater, um, that have these massive openings for that to only have been out in like a handful of theaters and make well over a million dollars. That's incredibly impressive for, for a film to do that kind of money. Um, so I, it's not that it's not getting a lot of attention or buzz. It's just that, cause actually from what I've seen, it's getting a lot of really positive press it's just it's an independent film Wes Anderson's that kind of a filmmaker so it's going to be a very slow release slow uh movement uh is this a red panda <laughs> oh we got the red pandas on the screen now or they were on the screen you hear other people yeah they're crazy little critters yeah they're like wandering around everywhere yeah Oh, is there one on the other side of that? Because we can't see through it. So there's another one in the pen somewhere, but it might be inside. Uh, they have a little tunnel into an indoor area too. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, there it is. <gasps> Little red panda. It's so cute. My favorite. So cute. Um, but yeah. Anyway, I am a fan of Wes Anderson, though. To answer that first question, I don't like all of his films. Uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, for instance. I no, I just. I can't get into that film. It's 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 a boring film for me. 
Um, but Grand Budapest Hotel especially is fantastic. And the French Dispatch looks great. Uh, I think the French Dispatch looks like my kind of movie to watch this year. So once it actually gets a wider release, I'm totally on board to go see it. But got to wait until it gets an actual wider release there. Uh, anyway, Mr. Roy, how's it been going, bruh? It's going good. Good. How how sleepy are you? Very sleepy. Aww. <laughs> you worked the night shift last night, right? Uh, yeah, and I got three more to go. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. So how much sleep were you able to get before this stream? About four and a half, five hours. That's respectable. It's not maybe what the, you know, the health people would say is, is ideal, but, you know, it's... Yeah, I mean, there's, there's some nights where during the day I have to go do chores or something like that, and then, yeah, yeah. You, you don't get much sleep. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, obviously, as I've mentioned previously, um, Mr. Roy, also very much a avid collector, avid physical media collector like I am. So, uh, what have been some of the films, even before talking about the films that you've been watching, uh, any major updates to the collection? Like, anything that you're proud of that you've been uh, able to pick up recently? Let's see here. Uh, got the... Hammer Horror 8 film collection. Um, the Gladiator Braveheart 2 movie set 4K. Okay, oh. yeah. Yeah, it's that... kind of weird that them two movies are together, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. I, I only know about it because someone, during one of the giveaways, they uh, had won a film, and I saw it available, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to give them a little bonus, and I'm going to send them this one. And they were like, you know, oh, thank you for it. I already had the other one on Blu-ray, but now I have it on 4K. And I'm like, well, hey, there, there you go. But yeah, it's such, again, an odd thing to have a double feature of Braveheart. Yeah, I, I want to say, I'll check it real quick. Yeah, it's um, it only has the 4Ks in the digital code. It don't have mm. Blu-rays with it. <laughs> okay, interesting. Yeah, I think that's the reason why there are people that would be like, no, I'd rather spend more and get the individual releases because sometimes the individual releases have that extra Blu-ray copy, which, as I said, it can be a very beneficial thing to have. One, if you're loaning the film out to somebody, but also because not everyone has the, you know, the 4K set and the 4K uh, mm -hmm. ability, you know. Yeah, in my case, uh, ripping down 4Ks takes way longer than a Blu-ray. So. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. When you're dealing with 50 to... 90 gig files it, it, it mm. can take a bit yeah and i don't like to do the handbrake compression after because that i just takes an even longer time and then it's like at that point you might as well just watch the digital copy version of it instead yeah that's what uh, that's what sucks is just when your uh, synology nas won't transcode 4k files that large so you you have to break them down <laughs> oh really because I, at least the NAS I have, has has been able to sh do some direct streams. It depends on yeah, you can do yeah you can do direct streams, but if you yeah. watch it on your phone, it's going to oh, transcode okay. and it won't transcode 4K files that large. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, I guess I haven't tried that one as much because typically if I'm yeah I think it's like if I'm watching a film and and I'm watching it in 4K or wanting to watch it in 4K, I think I typically will. Um, try and watch it as best I can on a, you know an actual screen with the 4K yeah. through the uh, the shield, which plays those pretty well. Mm -hmm. 
Any yeah, other got, um, films you were able to pick up? Uh, let's see. Pam's Lavert. No, no, not okay. Pam's Lavert. Um, what's it? Lavert. Uh, the one from the 80s. With David Bowie. <laughs> yeah. Now, is this the collector's edition? Yeah, it's the anniversary one. It's actually yeah. probably the nicest 4K I've seen so far. Oh, okay. As yeah, far the, as that being like the the transfer being really nice, or the uh, uh, packaging. And... To, yeah, I hadn't got a chance to see it. The it opens up like a book almost. It's okay. really, it's a really nice case and everything. I, I I've seen that one come up a few times, and it's a it's one that I have been like, oh, I'm gonna pick this up. I'm gonna pick this up at some point. Yeah, like and then like I keep putting it off, and uh, it's, <laughs> it's got a have. clear like plastic slip cover. Man, it's gorgeous. Okay. For, for 4K. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, and that's something that is relatively new. Um with is, is it a steelbook? No, nah, it's a um it looks like a hardback novel almost. It's it's oh, wow. really nice. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, because uh for the steelbooks at least, they have been recently I'm gonna add this to my cart now so that way I don't forget. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm gonna buy you later because uh, I it's again something that they've relatively been new adding on um, that they at least for the steelbooks they have the 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 plastic slip cover and I love it because what they've been doing with it is they've been actually like adding their own stuff to it like I think I showed this the other day I was sent a copy of the Apocalypse Now Final Cut uh, steelbook and what Ooh. I love is that as you can see it's got different artwork. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I love it because this is just a very practical thing to put on a steelbook, especially because one, you can put all of the technical information that is normally on that piece of paper that they put on it. And then you just what do you do with it? You, I, I, I want to keep it, but it's a piece of paper. It's flimsy. It's on with just the gunky, sticky stuff. Um, and so I'm glad that a lot of studios are kind of transitioning over to these because also these are ones where everyone comes with it. Whereas with like the regular Blu-rays or regular 4Ks, they don't always do the slip covers uh, for them. So I've been very happy to to have that. Yeah, and I, I really wish the message would get out to Universal. Universal's been doing this lately where they release their box sets and sleeve cases, and I really hate that. Yeah. <laughs> um, that Universal set I got some sleeve cases, and uh, not a fan of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, other things you've been able to pick up? Let's see. Do, 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 do. Uh, Clockwork Orange. <laughs> Did you get the 4K steelbook? Uh, no, nah, just the regular. I, okay. I, I, I try to avoid steelbooks because mostly mm. they, um, we try to order them online. They send them to your PO box and they uh, just get trashed. And Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, unless you can go to a store to pick up a steelbook and actually like see it firsthand, it can be a pretty it could be a pretty rough experience overall. It really, yeah, can be. it's frustrating because a lot of ones you order online won't allow you to do store pickup. And yeah, it's really frustrating. <laughs> yeah. And it makes a huge difference uh, because it, it's one, you're paying the same price. And typically if there's a damaged product, you normally get it for a cheaper price. Um, mm-hmm. And then by the time it gets to you, you know, it's, <laughs> it's at the point yeah. where it's like, well, I could go to the store, I guess, and, and complain and get it. But they're probably out of it at the store. They don't have any at the store because it's all online. And so they, all they can tell you is, well, you know, we can offer you a refund or something. And then it's just like, you'd rather not even go through it. Yeah. Conspiracy. That's what it is. (laughs) They hate collectors like us. 
<laughs> I don't understand that either. I mean, there's still yeah. a good bit of people that still buy physical oh, media. Yeah. And we're we're kind of we're kind of one of the few things keeping a lot of these uh you know brick and mortar places open. You know, it's the hardcore collectors that are, and that's why it's so sad to go into a lot of these stores now. And uh, I think it was. I was on a podcast with uh, John Flickinger and he was mentioning that they, uh, the one he went into the one near him, it's like down to one shelf. And I've had similar experiences at the ones near me where the sections, which used to be like at least like two aisles are now just one half aisle. And that's where all their Blu-rays and 4Ks and everything are. And it's just like, maybe they have a couple of like end caps somewhere with like extra stuff on it. But it's sad. It's so sad yeah. how few uh, materials that they actually hold now. Uh, basically, the corner of my Best Buys, I think the only place they keep the 4Ks now. They do yeah. every once in a while have like a display somewhere in the middle of the store, which is kind of irritating because you're like looking for a movie and you have to look for this random display in the middle of the store. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and like there's like a couple areas that are designated for that kind of stuff specifically. But it's it's completely true. It, it honestly is just insane, um, you know. And obviously, a lot of it's because of, of pandemic, because those are typically the item, items that people are more often than not going to pick up and put back down. So I think that might be a part of it, uh, as well as people not buying as many, because obviously, with no movies coming out, there were no new releases coming out, and new releases are what brought people back into the store to you know not just buy those new films, but sometimes you're like, oh, this is available now too, and you know, you buy more than one thing. So I guess it makes some sense. My hope is that now that films are coming back out and we're getting more releases that uh, they'll kind of expand these out again. But yeah, it's sad. Makes me sad. Uh, It's sad. Um, I don't know if this is happening to all the best buys, but the one in in my town's actually, um, renovating. They're actually moving a bunch of stuff around. I don't know if their best boss is trying to redo their stores or, I, I mean, I don't know. They're trying to turn themselves into like an, <laughs> so I walked in there today. They're selling like ice makers and all kinds of weird appliances and crap. And like, oh, goodness. Yeah. Wow. That's sad. It, it's just like, no, like you used to be. It's, it's, it's like that moment from Star Wars where it's just like, you were the chosen one. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're starting to turn into Radio Shack, basically, and just <laughs> yeah. selling whatever they can. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, poor. Uh, yeah, you don't want to see it go that route either because then all you're going to be left with is going to be the online ones, which some of them are good. Uh, you know, Zavi does good work. You know, the steelbook they sent me came in very well protected because they actually put it into like one of the like hard cardboard boxes, mm-hmm. which offers it actual protection. Whereas with anything from Amazon or from Best Buy, you know, sometimes they do that, but other times it can just go into like the the plastic with the bubble wrap, but it's not enough. You know, it's just awful. Yeah. I, I've worked retail too. So I, I understand. Yeah. I mean, people, they don't care. They'll yeah. throw that stuff off. They'll un- unload a truck. They don't care. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. It's just, Oh, it's, it's, it's so cringe. Uh, by the way, Coliseum builders, thank you for the insight here about the Dune book saying, unless you're really curious, he says you can stop after the first book. They get worse until the last two um, are bizarre. So is that saying that they're terrible and then the last two are great or they're terrible and then the last two are bizarre and therefore good? I I don't know quite what that I, last I, part means. I hear mixed reviews about that Dune chapter house. I think that's mm. one of the last ones, but they, from what I've heard, they jump even further in time oh. than the original Dune book. It's like, 
thousands and thousands of years. I was trying to read a synopsis of it, and I was like, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> glad I stopped. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's Dune, Dune Messiah, Children of Dune, God Emperor of Dune, Heretics of Dune, and then Chapter House Dune is, is that final one. Um, yeah. All of them, by the way, have at least 2,000 reviews, uh, four and a half stars, at least on Amazon. Uh, however, the first one, it's it's funny, 36,000 reviews, very highly ranked. And then Dune Messiah, it's 7,000 highly ranked. And then it just drops off in number mm-hmm. from there. So mm-hmm. it sounds like maybe the second one might be worth diving into, but it sounds like... <laughs> Uh, it was enough to where the audience got cut in half uh, by the third one. So may- maybe it's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, and then let's see. There was like another comment. Yeah, this is kind of relevant. Rob D said, uh, what's a good 4K TV and player? I hear you really can't go cheap if you want quality 4K content. Yeah, there there is some truth to that. However, you also don't have to go crazy expensive either. That's That's the other thing. You, you don't have to buy the one that's like over 200 plus dollars. Um, you can get a good 4K player, usually like the, the 150 range, like, you know, 125, 150 range. You can get a pretty solid one for the TVs. That is where it's kind of off. Like, basically, the only thing I know of is that you need a TV that has the right port and is from a reputable brand. Like, the, if, as long as you go that way for both of those, you should be okay. Um, and really, it also depends on what you want it to do. Do you want it just to play 4Ks? Do you want it to be able to play any Blu-ray from any region, right? Because that, if you get one of those region-free 4K players, that can get pretty pricey. Yeah, that, um, those are actually kind of hard to find. You're actually better yeah. off just getting a region-free Blu-ray player. That's a separate mm-hmm. player. Do you happen to buy films overseas? Yeah. And then just have a separate 4K player to do yeah. 4K stuff. And that's also, once again, another reason why I I promote people to build their home servers if they can. Because if you use something like Make MKV, it doesn't matter what the region is, it's going to be able to to digitize uh, what you have. So, but, um, all right. So you got some some pretty good things there. Uh, Again, the Labyrinth one, I've already just put that in my own basket. And uh, (laughs) also, I almost got, I almost got the... Um, Clockwork Orange one because the Steelbook looked beautiful. I love just the the mixture of the whites and the oranges. Um, but I I don't hate that film. It's just not one of my favorites. It's not it's not a film I feel like I could watch over and over again because it's it's kind of disturbing. You know, it's kind of disturbing in a lot of ways. And yeah, it's a very- I've seen clips of this film. I've actually never seen it. So oh you know. wow, you never seen it? Okay. Yeah, I've never, seen have- <laughs> yeah I've never seen. Yeah, I've never seen either. So I've- oh okay. Um, I I think you like Labyrinth. Labyrinth's fun. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's fun for everyone. It's like a family film. You know, it's not a kid's movie. It's, it's a family film. I think it's one where all people of all ages can enjoy. Um, but, oh yeah, Clockwork. I I can't wait to hear your thoughts about Clockwork. (laughs) Tag me on the discord. If you give like a mini review, uh, after you watch that film, because I'd be intrigued (laughs) to hear your thoughts on that. (laughs) Mr. Roy, you'll never hear singing in the rain the same way again. It, it's that is so true oh look who's back in the car hello rosetta uh and then oh man so you have those 4ks any other 4ks that you're able to pick up 
Uh, that's that's it. Okay, so what have you been watching recently? Were you able to see Dune like uh, as it came out? Yeah, I watched both of them actually. <laughs> oh, so you watched both the '84 and the new one? Yeah, for the first time. <laughs> All right, wow. Okay, both for the first time. Dive it. So now is that your first David Lynch film? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> it, it could be worse. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, I mean, I say it could be a racer head. Um, which, yeah. Uh, <laughs> which I just, I just can't, I just can't. Oh, then I will agree with you on that. I had to quit just as he started cutting into the baby bandages, and I was like, "I'm done. Bye. Mm, Goodbye." Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's just a little too bizarre. Just a little too bizarre. And like everyone's like, oh, it's a metaphor for not being ready to be a parent. And I'm like, um, sure. Uh, I guess you could say that. But um, so anyway, so all right. So you've seen both Dunes. Uh, you choose. Which one do you want to talk about first? Uh, let's start the 20, uh, 21 first. Because actually, okay. that's actually the first one I saw. <laughs> Okay, wow. All yeah, right. so I went to a Dolby, one of those Dolby theaters to, to mm. watch it. Yeah, yes. um, it's a really well-made news fest. <laughs> <laughs> As I said, I knew that there would be varying opinions about this film on the panel, so I was I was ready. So you got, and, and here's the thing, I think it's important that you specified that you were in a Dolby theater. You saw it in one of the best experiences that you can really have for any film these days. Because while some people will swear by IMAX, I've been in a Dolby cinema. Dolby is by far better than IMAX uh, because of the image quality and and the audio quality specifically. Um, so he's seen it in the best way possible. So what were the issues you had? Uh, it's just a little too long. Um, I mm-hmm. think the film goes on just, yeah, it, um, ben Shapiro, I think, has probably one of the best reviews I've seen on YouTube, where he says the film should have ended when they um basically after that battle, and not go on to meet the that tribe and fight and all that crap. That just yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 so after after the Baron takes over the city, basically. Yeah, it should have ended. Okay. There. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think that would have yeah. been a fine. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would have been a fine place to end it too. The only issue I would say is that would then make the second film have to be like insanely long. Oh, I mean, yeah, God, which I yeah, don't I, mind, you know, because I, I, I last just, 30 minutes, I was just like, Oh my God, yeah. this thing in please. <laughs> no, I agree. Yeah. And that's something that I've been saying for a while, right? As much as I even enjoy the film and, and, you know, and love the film that the the story especially is one of the weakest parts of it because not just of the things that are missing, but also because it takes so long to tell so little of the story Mm -hmm. while also leaving out a lot of character development and leaving out other key things. Um, So for instance, right. When, when Paul Atreides really, you know, becomes a man in that one scene and Mm -hmm. anyone seen it knows what I'm talking about. In the book, there is one, it's a lot longer as far as it being drawn out. And also, two, there's a long ceremony that happens after. There's like this long funeral-like ceremony that happens after. And that's the other thing, too, that I've noticed is that this movie, and it's it's not as egregious as A Wrinkle in Time did it. You know, A Wrinkle in Time did it, too, <laughs> but it was a lot more egregious with it. 
but it seems to be stripping out any sense of religion, which in the book is a very big part of it. And yes. I'm, I'm, and I'm wondering if that had any impact on Denis Villeneuve's decision to not have that ceremony because it was very much a religious ceremony that happens after. And even though in the book, I think it maybe goes on a little too long too. I think it's incredibly important because it lets you know a little bit more about the mind of the Fremen and like who they are as people. And it's what lets Paul specifically know, okay, this is the kind of people they are. This is where they're coming from. And yeah, I think it's important uh, yeah, to have that I, kind of stuff. Yeah. I also noticed like the lack of blood and stuff and stuff there's way less blood in this in this yeah. version of the film so and may it they may have made it for a china release I, i'm not sure <laughs> yeah yeah and um i i'm wondering if maybe that had an impact on on the religion being lacking as well you know because again not to say that they've never had films with religious references in china before but it is something that it's one of those weird things that chinese censors can sometimes be you know we can't ha we can't have this in here because it might influence people to to fight against and that's kind of the weird thing too is that you, you would think that this is a film that they wouldn't want in china but it did get a release there um because it is very much about you know fighting <laughs> corrupt power <laughs> so. yeah i mean it's 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 also a film that studio dumped a lot of money into so th yeah i think they're gonna want it to be released everywhere they can <laughs> oh yeah absolutely even if they get barely anything from that fool's gold as i like i was like to call it of china it's like we got a hundred billion dollars no you got 25 million actually because that's the cut you got 75 million went to china and the communist party there but i say that too often i think there's so it's so funny there's like one or two people who get triggered every time i mention that and they're like, you're not wrong, but it's not like America's any better. And I'm like, okay, oh you obviously God. never watch. It's like you obviously never watch my streams <laughs> when we talk about the issues that are going on in America all the time. <laughs> so it's like uh, sometimes you can't win. But no, I think that's totally, yeah. And the book also, again, I know that it's like, oh, gosh, stop talking about the book. But I think it is relevant. It, it doesn't really ever stress um, blood. It always very much stresses the water, right? Water is life in, you know, on Arrakis, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's a precious commodity, but it's also, again, a key element to the religion uh, of the Fremen people as well. And, and people are known as having, like, for a long time, you're, you're listening to it and reading it, and you're like, okay, it's like the water of the body, the water of the body, the water belongs to the tribe. And at first you're like, oh, they're talking about, like, the blood, but then you realize, no, no, they mean the actual water. And it, and it's just, it's an incredibly important part of the story that I think is just not give, being given as much attention as it should um, in, in the book. And maybe that's a part of it, though, is, yeah, maybe with the blood not wanting to offend the Chinese audiences who they love to throw at them, like these big, giant action sequences with, you know, things getting blown up. That's okay, but... God forbid you show a little bit of blood. I was, I, it's mostly I don't remember blood being a big part even in the book. So, mm -mm. and um, other than it being long, were there other things that that kind of maybe bothered you about it? Um, I mean, not really. I mean, it's okay. kind of um, some. There's some whisper acting in some of the scenes. But other than that, I mean, ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I like. I mean, I liked it all the way up until the last thirty minutes of it, basically. <laughs> Don't you hate it when that happens? You're like, I'm into this. And then the last 30 minutes, you're just like, man, you just let me down. 
But no, no. And I think that that's something that I can also agree to as well, because where it ends, I think, is not a very good spot. Um, you know, kind of agreeing with what uh, Shapiro had said about it, right? Ending a little bit differently. Um, I think that there are, again, depending on what they decided to cover and not cover, there are a lot of places that they could have ended instead. But I think a lot of them would have been contingent on more context and more data points, basically, mm -hmm. um, uh, being provided there. Um, so then what did you think of the 84 Dune? It's weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's something that that all of us could could can, yeah. can kind of attest to. Yeah. It's kind of like part of the nature of, of the film. It's it's a it's a Lynch thing, really. I mean, that's just kind of his MO. <laughs> yeah, there's um I don't know, I found it entertaining, but yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. Um and some of the effects are hilarious. Um, that that beginning scene where the the two dudes um, put on their shields and this these big red box, I about fell on my chair oh, and laughed yes. at that. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah, Laura, I saw you unmute. Is there something that you wanted to add to that? Oh no, just just unmuting because I can because I'm, I'm yeah. on my uh, I'm on my iPad now. No. Okay. Yes. Oh, I'll just jump on in. You don't have to wait for me. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> I was just, I was just seeing because I was like, oh, she's been unmuted till now. I was like, I'm wondering if she's like, she's ready to jump in, jump in on something. Uh, but yeah, I think that's something that's kind of like a hallmark of it is that it is definitely bizarre, um, and that's why for some, you know, as as Tina mentioned, right, it caused a, a very like special bond, uh, you know, for her and her mom, and for others, it's I think it's also caused that same type of bond too because it is it is the definition of like kind of like a cult classic. You know, yeah. uh, where it, it's not something that's universally uh, praised by everybody, but the people that love it, they love it. I mean, that's the reason why a company like Arrow is putting out these special edition sets and putting the money into and investing into uh, producing these sets because there is a contingent of people that that are so passionate about it um, for a variety of different reasons. And so I think that kind of shows in it. Um, but yeah, the bizarreness, the, the you know. And I don't know if you're going to mention it or not, but is that the only bizarre thing that for you stood out? Uh, oh, the, the whole movie's like that. I mean, it's yeah. just left and right. And that's what I found entertaining about it. It's just, it's yeah. just really bizarre and weird. The thing, the yeah, the thing I couldn't get past, and now especially can't because it's not referenced in the book, is the like body plugs. Uh, that, that, like, yeah, that's <laughs> what. What is that? <laughs> I don't know. It caused me such confusion. I was like, so all of these people just have it where they can get killed because they just pull the pull the plug. Just pull the plug, yep. I guess. And then and, it, and again, it's been a while since I've seen it, but don't didn't the Baron like doesn't he like drink it too? Or uh, don't maybe remember I'm misremembering that. It, it, yeah. I know he was washing or rinsing in some of it yeah. Yeah. at one point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was one point just at the early part of the movie he pulls his person's plug out and he just bathes yeah. in this dude's blood and it, yeah. <laughs> later on they install a plug in another person and you're just and you're just like, okay, this is basically an on and off switch for people. I know man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like pull the plug, pull the plug, you know? It's just um yeah, and then and the other thing too, and uh, I think this is—I gotta give credit. I gotta give credit to Lynch here—is that the book's version of the Baron is very menacing, but is also incredibly creepy. Um, and I think that 
that Lynch does a great job of the creepiness factor that Villeneuve might do more of in the second one, but in this one, there's not as much creep. You feel more menacing. Like you kind of feel like you're terrified of him, but there's especially like, like for instance, the Baron is a fan of, of children, basically of young boys in the book. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a lot more captured the creepiness of the eighty four uh, eighty four uh, movie version than in because again some of the things he does you're just like ooh I don't like this guy ooh, some yeah and I, I want to say there's really good makeup in this movie on top of yeah some of the effects where the, mm-hmm. the Baron's floating around and you, yeah yeah it does it you know it's obvious that it's kind of on wires but I mean you don't see any of that pretty much throughout the movie it's just yeah def- done really well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he is known for doing uh, pretty well with practical effects. Like if, like as much as I, I hate uh, Racerhead, for instance, the practical effects are very creepy looking and very well done. Um, but obviously, like I still have issues with them because it's like, okay, it's like, what's the problem? Like, why? Why? Um, <laughs> anyway, but I feel like the same way with this in, in certain aspects too, where it's like, okay, this is really well designed and well made, but but why? Why is why is this body blood of, of blood now coming? I don't what. <laughs> I don't, I'm confused. Um, but, <laughs> um, so other than that though, uh, how'd you take it in? Like, especially in comparison to the, uh, to the newer one. Um, I say it's length and just, just it's basically a film that gets straight to the point. I, mm. I find it more entertaining to watch. Okay. Part. Yeah. Um, I would actually recommend the lunch version over to, the the Devil and Luke version. Be honest with you. Hmm. Okay, uh, for people that want to know about the story or just like as a film in general, just a film in general, you can sit okay. down and be entertained by Dune. Unfortunately, I can't. There's it's only the first part, so you can't be like, yeah, I. You gotta wait for the second part to come out to really be like, yeah, I'll recommend this to people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's it's yeah, and I think that's also, and that's why you know some people have been fighting me in the comments on this too. They were like, obviously it was planned to be two parts. It's in the beginning of the film where it says part one. And oh, that made that made me mad. <laughs> people keep saying that. Yeah, no, and I'm like, I'm like, and I'm and it's so funny too because I mentioned it in the video. I'm like, it says that, so clearly there was some indication, but like. Like the, they missed the point of of what I was saying, which was that if if they were really committed to it, it would have been put forward as Dune Part One, you know, like that that yeah, would have been your Dune Chapter One or whatever it is that they wanted to do with it. But they didn't. They just said Dune, and so that's kind of a sign from the studio that there's okay, we're putting money into this, but we don't have all of the confidence in the world necessarily. Um, but yeah, you're right. Where it's I think a film like 84 Dune, you get the full story. Obviously, you, you get a lot of Lynch's add-ons, but you do get the full story. And then with this one, you get kind of half the story. And then there's, again, this is just, I think, a bias for me, just having certain knowledge of the source material a little bit. Like, there's also so much missing, it seems. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is why, like, in, even in my review, I said, I think that there are people that could walk out of the newer one confused for a different reason. Right. I think that people would be confused about the Lynch one because of being Lynch film. Whereas right. in this one, it's like they would be confused because of like the actual objective story elements of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, when I, when I start that movie and it freaking is like, dude, part one. I'm like, oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you didn't even know it was going to be a two parter? 
No, it, there's nothing <laughs> in his trailer or advertising. I just looked at my Cinemark app, and it just says Dune. It'll say Dune Part One. Oh That's no, true. It, That's it's nowhere. He's right. Yeah, it's like, and the only reason why I even knew that, I think, is probably just because of people in the comments section mentioning it, um, and maybe in my basic, because I, I tried to go in as blind as I could, and I, I had a, so I did know that it was it was meant to be two parts. But yeah, until that moment in the in, in you know actually watching it on screen when part one came up, I'm like, oh, here's the real first acknowledgement by anyone in public, at least that it's yeah. You got I don't film this like two and a half hours long. This is a Devil of a Duke movie, and you you know I didn't I wasn't a fan <laughs> of Arrival, so I knew what yeah. I was about to get into. So what you was were like, name again? <laughs> yeah, what was that again? Or one of the many Tina and Stephanie versions of the name. What? What? I feel like it was not supposed to be on. And so what we heard was Rosetta yelling <laughs> at him for turning it on, saying, that's supposed to be on! That made me so happy. Echo. Now, now, we're now I'm hearing an echo. Echo, echo, echo. Save the whales. Save the whales. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I'm going to try. All right. Let's see if that did it. All right. It was coming from uh, Rosetta's. So um, uh, I don't know what was going on with the echo there, Rosetta. So I have you muted. Um, turn your camera back on, I guess, when you think it might be fixed. Oh, oh, oh. Wait, 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 wait. All right. Rosetta's back. Rosetta's back. What's Don't up? give up, What's... Rosetta. What's Don't up? give that up. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we can't. Oh no, we can't. We can't hear. We can't hear. <laughs> oh no, what's going on? It's the right microphone, right set. microphone it set. It might be on your. Because <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that we're hearing is ourselves. <laughs> I feel like I if feel anyone's, like ever, anyone's seen, ever seen, um, <laughs> oh, is it, it's oh, an old Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon show. show. <laughs> um, <laughs> salute your shorts. That's what it was. It was salute your shorts. And at one point, one of the characters, they get lost in a cave and they just scream in the cave like, hello, hello, save the whales, save the whales. That's why I said save the whales. So, um, anyway, context. so anyway, <laughs> context is always very important. Yes. Um, so anyway, uh, hopefully Rosetta is able to jump back in and that issue gets fixed. Obviously, uh, technical issues are never fun, um, for anybody. Um, so we will get her back in as soon as possible. Um, but, uh, K man right here says that the stores near him also only one aisle for physical media. So, uh, Mr. Roy, what were, what were you saying before? I forgot uh, what I was, I forgot to something about, um, not like an arrival. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were talking about, yeah, you were talking about not liking Arrival. Yeah, it's um, basically the same thing. It's a really long, very length. drawn out film that I found boring to watch. <laughs> but you have seen 2049. Uh, yeah. And did you like that one? It was a mixed bag, to be honest okay. with you. Yeah, because it's also a long one. Yeah, that's, it's that's a long one. I don't. Um, the major and I remember spoiler. we were talking about, you were trying to pronounce the name Denis Villeneuve. <laughs> yeah, and then I mentioned the the Tina and Steph versions, uh, which are always hilarious uh, to to see spelled out. And um, Diva Venu, uh, yeah, Diva I'm from Te- yeah, I'm from Texas. I, <laughs> I I sound like I have a lot of confidence when I say it, but even I'm still like half the time. I guarantee there's going to be some super fan one day who's going to say you keep saying it wrong. Just, just remember the French always skip consonants, so it's not Dennis, it's Denis. 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 Oh, well, then, you know what I found <laughs> out about his last name? I kept oh. saying, "Why is it that that name sounds so familiar?" Yeah. Well, when I was packing, I found some of my stuff from when I was in England for the Trafalgar bicentennial. Villeneuve was the admiral of the combined French-Spanish navies that went up against Nelson at Trafalgar. That's why that name, I kept saying, why is that name driving me crazy? But I don't know if he's related to that admiral or if that name is common. But I was like, well, see, that's why something in my inner brain was saying, Tina, that's why you don't like Villeneuve. <laughs> <laughs> we went up against the British at Trafalgar, and you know you love the British. <laughs> and he's French. And he's French. <laughs> Which, of course, uh, random movie uh, reference is, is that all that I can remind <laughs> myself of is everyone's ever seen a Knight's Tale? It's like it's like you can't work here because the Pope himself is French. And then the response is, well, the Pope might be a French, but Jesus is English. You're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Which is an issue for so many other reasons. All right. I think we have Rosetta back. Rosetta. I am going to smash this thing so freaking hard. Hey, you're back, though. Rosetta smash. (laughs) I hate technology. Technology. Ah. Have you ever seen it's a try not to laugh video and it's this like people he's asking this question like in the in the like a voiceover of some people are terrified of technology and then it's a guy throwing up a sign that says technology on it and then like scaring people on the street by just yelling at them technology and they're like ah I no i'm it. not scared of it i just like yelling at it because it hates me oh well just know that even though the ai is taking over our world um they don't have feelings and um yet yet uh and so all we can do is you know just not bow to their demands is there something weird about me hating technology when my i work as a youtuber and my husband's an (laughs) avionic engineer maybe a little bit maybe a a smidge (laughs) just a weird thought no i was trying to comment like over and over and i You know, I had all these little snappy little pips that I don't even remember most of. Other than when you mentioned in the book his uh, thing about little boys, I said that I was trying to say that Hollywood wouldn't make that now. It's too close to home. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a fair point. It would have been too Harvey Weinstein a bit, probably. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's like, I hate technology. It hates me. 
Were you trying to uh, jump in on the uh, Villeneuve pronunciation as well? I have no idea anymore. All I can remember <laughs> right now is wanting to smash my phone through the window. Oh, well, don't do that. Because then how will you call people? <laughs> Laura just posted in Discord how you pronounce his name. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can build it. Yep. Oh, and you can actually, you can, oh, you can actually, like, play it, too. Mm-hmm. It's duh. It's in D-U-H. Duh. 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 I was waiting for I was waiting for that. He was French, you know. He's the Canadian French. So he not only goes like this, he also goes, what's going on, eh? Um, <laughs> your mother was a hamster and your father smelled the smelled smelled berries. <laughs> yes. Oh, so good. Silly French. Silly I am French surrounded people. by weirdos. And yes, I'm you're the welcome. sweet and innocent and normal one here. Now you're surrounded by weirdos. <laughs> now you're in the middle. Oh, now you're in the middle, it. surrounded by weirdos. Now you're surrounded by more weirdos. Oh no, I'm next to Odin. Somebody save me. I'm here. There you go, Mr. Roy saves you. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right, hun. I can't even go to real life to get away from weirdos because you're right here. <laughs> oh, throwing shade at the hubby. Makes me sad. Quite often. We tease each other a lot, don't we, hun? <laughs> You are not hurt. I can sense, I can sense the hurt. I can sense the hurt in his voice. Can you sense the hurt as he's laughing? Yes. Literally in my head right now, all I all <laughs> I hear double himself over and pretend that he's crying. All I hear is hello darkness, my old friend. That's all I that's all I heard just now. Um, as as uh, Laura had posted, Dune should be a trilogy. Uh, yeah, and and to be honest, Laura, you know, even based on the book, right? It's it's in the three parts, so they had a perfect, really a perfect metric to use for that. But yep, you know, I think even Denis thought he could somehow do it in two. So <laughs> you know, Tina, I was just looking at your comment, going, you know, Orange Hat is still paranoid about his Alexa around people, thanks to me. Oh. <laughs> How many times did I prank him before you was lecturing him to get headphones and voice lock it? Oh, I remember that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, He's like, still paranoid with his Alexa around people. Just get headphones. It'll solve everything. Uh, Peabody says, did they film doing like they did Lord of the Rings or do we really have to wait two years? Yeah, we have to wait two years. And again, once, once again, that's the reason also why we knew they did not have full confidence in the film. Because if they did, they would have done, you know, full... Uh, you know, full budget uh, to do to at the same time, but you know, they didn't do it, yeah. and it makes me sad. And yeah, I just posted to Mr. Peabody. I'm pretty sure I heard Midnight's Edge say that Warner Brothers had all the sets struck down. Wow! So, so they have to rebuild. They'll have to rebuild. Yeah. What a waste of money. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think Andre was saying that, and I, he was doing the same thing I was. Mm -hmm. Why is Warner Brothers so stupid? <laughs> yeah. 
You'd say that a lot of people in Hollywood. Oh my gosh. And I think the Aquaman 2 production has temporarily shut down for reasons. Oh my goodness. So. Oh, so here's some. Uh, so Coliseum Builder says the heart plugs and weirding modules were two things added on by David Lynch. I don't even remember the weirding modules. That was where um, they made like kind of guttural noises. Yeah. And it would focus that through the weirding module, it would shoot out like a blast of energy. Which oh, was, oh yeah. those things were hilarious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like when they were like in training and somebody goes, hey, Maudib. And then his like weirding module starts shaking. Oh, like, I know. God, even my name can kill people. <laughs> see i i don't remember that part uh of of that original because i i think i was so caught up already with the heart plugs <laughs> I, like, I like the milking the cat i thought that was my, my <laughs> wait there was a milking cat <laughs> tina knows me and my mom were like Okay, so <laughs> let's think about this for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I was so upset for the kitty. I was like, poor kitty. Oh, what did, poor what kitty. did the kitty ever do? Oh, my goodness. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. So, Mr. Roy, uh, obviously, the first two, you saw the, the two Dune films. Were you able to watch anything else? Uh, watch Squid Game. Yes. What did you think about it? I liked it. Yeah. Why I did thought, you like it? I have a lot of reasons, but why did you like it? Oh, uh, I thought it was really well made. Um, yeah. I I ended up watching the English dub because I just couldn't pay attention to the subtitles while I was watching it. Um, yeah, it's pretty decent um, dubbing. I'm I probably end up going back. It. I and, can't believe you dubbed it. Yeah, I'll probably go back and watch the original because I've heard that some of the dubbing's kind of off when it comes to. The translations. Yeah. yeah. I heard that too. And I was like, thank goodness I was pushed by my community to watch, you know, some more foreign films and uh, train. Like, after having watched so many Japanese films, especially, and, and getting used to watching and reading subtitles, when I got to that, I was just like, oh, this is easy. This is a, this is a walk in the park right now. Yeah. I usually in a situation where I generally like to visually watch a movie, so I don't like to look down at subtitles a lot. Yeah. So I usually watch a foreign film. I'll watch it dubbed, and then I'll turn if I like it enough, I'll turn around and rewatch it with the sub with the subs in. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's way creepy with the um, when you do the Korean version with the English subtitles because in the red light green light game, the little doll lady is singing like this creepy little song. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, that's what I heard. That the, some of the translations are way off because the yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because oh, the creepy song. Because I, I best say the only thing that almost ruined the show for me was there was there's already several gameplay versions on different games. Like uh, Roblox has a Squid Game uh, version and uh, game game mode and stuff. And so I had just seen a, a few of the game modes and I was so I actually knew the games in advance because of that, which had, I think, some impact. But obviously the context of actually seeing the people doing the things was a little bit different. So it was it, it ended up being OK. But oh, man. Uh, it, yeah, it's crazy. It's so crazy <laughs> what uh, what they were able to do in that show. 
with the with the budget they had the fact that the story had been around since like 2008 and no one wanted to touch it like the whole story behind it is is phenomenal too yeah it's i think it's netflix's most successful series they've had so far <laughs> wow probably in a while yeah yeah over 100 that million theme song is just creepy the <laughs> 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 I forgot what currency they're using, but the, they said there was like this huge spike in Google searches for like how, how much cur- this currency is worth in dollars. Yeah, because <laughs> really all we hear is billions, and we're like, "Oh my goodness, this is yeah, <laughs> yeah." It's so a really a lot. yeah. Everything about it's really the the sound, the cinematography, the yeah, the effects. Yeah, I mean, it's really well made. <laughs> Yeah, the writing and acting get a lot of attention as as they should. But yeah, cinematography is one that to me was just oh my goodness. There's so many great just slow pans in that just I think just adds so much to everything that's going on, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, power dynamics, all that kind of stuff. It, it just it's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, there's a few like kind of like nitpick issues. I don't call them nitpicks or yeah, yeah like the the second game they're playing when they have to cut the cookie out. Yeah, and they had the lady hot in her to slide the lighter, and like no one saw her with the with the yeah. lighter. Yeah, yeah. That fifth game with the glass, you know, you, like, couldn't they just walk on the beams? <laughs> 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 and that's what's funny is because I did end up seeing that one um, in in one of the game modes, and that's what some people try to do. Uh, but the game mode made it so that when you t- went there, that it it, w- it couldn't support you. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it's just it's and also too like kind of goes back to like one of the original complaints was you know why didn't the guy who knew glass speak up immediately? Um, but obviously it doesn't matter because either way it would have led to the same conclusion because they would have cut off the lights and that would have affected him and it, it ended up would have been mm-hmm. the same probably. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Anything else? Yeah, yes, go ahead. I'll recommend it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I would too. I, it really is. I hope it gets a physical release, to be honest, because I would love some special features on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what? pretty much it for new stuff. Okay. Nice. Very cool. Working on anything other than. Uh, no, I, um, I do plan on. I mean, I, I'm getting some time off. I just got a new 4K player, so oh. start watching some of these movies that I've been buying and hadn't had time to watch. <laughs> nice. It's always a good time. Always a good time to, to dive into films. Yeah. It, that's been nice because I've been watching most of my stuff on an Xbox yeah. um, One X, and it's mm. not the best experience when it comes to watching movies. Okay. Uh, so now it's like you got a legit 4K player, and so now yeah, it's like, you, okay. I can actually pause and slow mm-hmm. mode and do the stuff that you think a 4K player should do. Nice. <laughs> Easily. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's awesome. Uh, Brian Barth does have a question for, for the panel, so I'll just go down the line and start with Mr. Roy. It says, what do you think is wrong with movies these days? So, Mr. Roy, what do you think is wrong with movies these days? Um, a lot of it's just time. And just No one wants to spend the time and effort to write good stuff. They just want to shell stuff off as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the second part is just... I don't think anyone knows how to spend money wisely in Hollywood anymore. You see these really high budget films that are just crap. Yeah. And yeah, most of the good stuff you're seeing now is from Korea <laughs> of all places. 
isn't it amazing that's like oh korea of all places is, is producing like incredible content and then japan as well is doing a lot a, bit, a lot of east eastern properties really are doing mm. incredible things and here we are in the west just <laughs> falling off a cliff yeah that, i usually don't like bringing up woke stuff but i think they're just using it as a scapegoat yeah when it comes to just hey i just want to shell this stuff out as quickly as possible mm-hmm. um don't criticize it because it's got women in it. <laughs> yep. Pretty much is what it's come down to. Uh, K-Man, what about you? What do you think is wrong with movies these days? Uh, I pretty much agree with a lot of what Mr. Roy had said about them just pushing out a lot of stuff. And they just, a lot of them, they rely on too heavily on names from the past, like with the reboots and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And... Because there's so many, not not just stuff in this country, but just around the world, there's so many books and ideas and whatnot that they could pull from to create more, better movies and even TV shows for that matter. But they they just don't want to take the risk and take a chance and use any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Absolutely. That, that, uh, that's been, I was going to say, that's just, everybody's always talking about that Hollywood is bankrupt as far as like movie ideas and whatnot, but mm-hmm. they, it's not that there's no ideas. They just don't want to take a chance on them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tina. Oh, well, I'll agree with everything they said. And I think one of the main things is that we, keep hiring people that have no experience, no writing experience in the things they're supposed to be writing about. Like some of the people that are working on these new Star Trek shows came from the Gilmore Girls. And it's not saying that they couldn't maybe step up and write science fiction, but they don't even try. It's just like, oh, we're just going to turn this into the Gilmore Girls. Uh, You've got C, D, and F level people that they're trying to tell me are A-listers, and I know that's a bunch of bunk. Um, Nobody wants to take a chance on anything. And I mean, I know Hollywood back in the old days, yeah, there were things that they were very iffy about, but they were watching the money too. That's the reason why what was it, early 80s, late 70s, Michael Cimino got Heaven's Gate snatched away from him, but he had he wrecked a studio by then. So, yeah, I mean, you, I just don't know if we're ever going to see a time where we're going to have one generation with Scorsese, uh, Kubrick, Coppola, Lucas. I don't know if we're going to see that again. And you're letting one dude get his fingers into everything, and that dude has no talent. And of course, I'm talking about the cinematic Antichrist. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just, I don't even mind the messaging, but don't hit me over the head with a sledgehammer. Mm. Don't tell me you have, like, the, you all were watching those idiots on the red carpet for that maternals movie. If I I don't go support that, I'm a racist, I'm a homophobe, I'm a sexist. And it's like, no, you got a bunch of people that I have no interest in in the first place. Angelina Jolie can't even get a freaking extension in her hair put in right. 
I've ever seen y'all post that. Oh uh, my God. Yeah. It's like, woman, you got those millions of dollars. You can't get your hair done right. But <laughs> no, I it, seriously though. No, I, I hate this thing where they're like, if you don't go see this movie, you're fill, fill in the blank. Yeah. So yeah, they need to get out of that. I hope Chapek will be able to shake up Disney. I don't even like Disney. You all know that, but mm -hmm. I would just like to see him get them back on track where they're creating again. Yeah. So. Uh, Laura. Yeah. I just think that there's um, just the Hollywood is just so much of a system right now. I mean, I'm kind of glad that um, Ben Shapiro and his company are starting to make movies. You know, we need more independent producers like that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's a shame when the best thing going on Netflix is a Korean, you know, cinema <laughs> yeah. when Hollywood puts out all of, all of the stuff every year. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's crazy. Cause I, I, I'm sure, I don't know if you saw, but yeah, Shapiro uh, reached out even to, uh, to Dave Chappelle and was like, Hey, if no one wants to put your movie out there, talk to us, let's work something yeah. out. And it's like, that'd be great. That tells me a lot too, just about where they want to be is that, you know, cause obviously Lord knows that there, those, there's politics are going to crash consistently. Right. But somehow um, they're still reaching out. He's just probably Ben Shapiro. They're probably just going to end up hiring all the people that get canceled from Hollywood. So yeah, just move everybody over. And hey, you know what? Eventually, you'll get enough people, and it'll get higher profile in person too, to the point where you'll have a pretty good selection of of actors and actresses and directors and writers to come from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Ros <laughs> and Rosetta. Well, I mean, there's a few problems with modern Hollywood. One is. It's laziness that creates the lack of creativity. It's they, they're lazy, they're entitled, and they just want quick cash cows with no effort. So what do they do? They're retelling the same thing so much. I literally, it doesn't even care about something I've loved in every single edition of Historically. The second I hear they're remaking something, all I want to do is put my head through a wall before watching it because I'm so sick of all the repeats. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of books and mythology and all the stuff that's never been touched. But they're afraid to get their hands dirty because it takes actual effort. And we're supposed to just be happy that they give us these lazy race and gender swaps because they're too lazy to actually make the stories that are actually our culture. And then you've got the absolute entitled, spoiled actors who think they know everything and they're going to tell everyone what's what. And that's where the whole woke, anti-woke movements both came from. And both of them are full of extremists when you get into them. Mm -hmm. And it's all because they want to push their agenda down people's throats. And the people who don't want to hear it are getting loud and boisterous and almost just as bad on the other side. And we're not going to fix this if we can't. Again, there's one thing to have some social and political storyline or even the slant in one direction or another but have it be an approachable story that tells it in a good way and isn't beating you over the head with it i mean for crying out i can even watch some of the stuff that was more overt from the 90s like the american president and sit through it but as much today that looks pain compared to now you know yeah, it is absolutely. so in your face and some of us just want to be entertained and some of us want to see i'm so determined that we have to start using these all these stories and myths that have never been used because no one else will do it mm -hmm. it's like you look in comic book there are thousands and thousands of comic books with all these different characters and stories and plots and 
they remake the same five characters over and over and only make like two movies where they restart it every time. And so you're you're watching the same story five thousand times while there's like two thousand more books they could uh, from that character even they could have touched. Yeah. No, it's an interesting point too about the, the the films that they or the the products and stories that they haven't touched. But it's also I think that's a, even also a part of the problem is that we we've now come to the point where everything has to be adapted. Right, it has to be adapted from something that's existed previously, and you're right. It has a lot to do with fear of and fear and laziness of of wanting to put something together. I mean, there aren't a lot of films we look, can look to today that, as a film, are original concepts that are not based on previous material. Whether it's a book, whether it's a movie, or any other concepts, like there's very rarely. We can we can go for basing off other concepts. We can do that, but. There's yeah. so many books that have never been touched. There's so many myths that have never been touched that are out there that are written. You just have to translate it. It's not that much yeah. work. And some I mean, are. Look, look at just Greek culture and how many gods and goddesses yeah. and tragedies are actually in it. If they, the only ones they tell are like the same three over and over. Yeah, and then some and they get are. Those wrongs. Some are, and they do a terrible job. Yeah, so for instance, uh, there's a series of books that's relatively new, Artemis Fowl. Uh, and they adapted Artemis Fowl, and it was terrible. I mean, it, it's just, yeah, it's interesting to see how they are uh, doing in the six. I was going to say, look at the, what the little they've done with Greek mythology, even, and they get it, everything so wrong. I mean, it's Heracles. Hercules is the son of the Roman god. He's not even from Greek. <laughs> yeah. It's Heracles is the son of Zeus. So, I mean, they get everything so wrong, and it's stuff you can easily find out if you're actually researching when you do the work. Mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how's everyone doing uh, as far as doing time good. and everything? <laughs> Everyone's in a good space. Does, no one needs to cut out. I'm fine for a little bit yet. Okay. Other than yeah, the, the roads are kind of annoying, but... <laughs> cool. Yeah, and then I'm getting bumped around. Hun, can you not hit the brake like that every two seconds? Uh, my wife is in the process of... Uh, I was like, I was hearing crying upstairs. I was like, what's going on? Uh, uh -oh. So my wife is uh, in the process of sewing. Um, so rather actually outside, literally outside uh, with the new sewing machine that she has. And uh, she's trying to make a Halloween costume. Oh! So he's gonna be a little, like a little pumpkin. No. Um, and so I was like, I was like, why is he crying? I'm like, oh, okay, that that, that makes a little bit more sense. So. <laughs> oh man, but anyway, uh, so yeah, Mr. Roy, thank you for uh, sharing your your movie thoughts. Uh, interesting. No, no crazy films this this week. Uh, nah, no Newlbury or anything, anything <laughs> insane like that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh man. I think it was uh, Tina that pointed out that there was a yeah. one of his latest films is sees twins in it. And I was oh, like, oh god, was... yeah. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You, do, you do better just to watch people tear it apart than trying to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I think it's like fifteen bucks minimum. The bot, the uh -oh. bot on his movies. Mm -mm, mm -mm. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! Um, well, I guess I, I guess we can keep our, our our typical tradition of of um, of letting Tina uh, be the last to go. Yeah. Or anchor. Unless unless, <laughs> unless unless Tina unless you would like to go earlier than that. No, I I didn't. 
see a whole bunch of movies, but I'll touch on it. But yeah, let Laura go because one of the movies she had the great fortune of seeing is one that I rewatched the other night. Was that sarcastic or? <laughs> no, no, listen, no, we're not talking about, no, we're not talking about Denise movie. Frankenstein. Yes. I, Frankenstein. I was just thinking we're almost three hours in and three of us haven't even done our talk with you yet. It's like. I know. <laughs> That's why I already told, I already told the wife, I was like, we're probably going to go another 30 after, uh, yeah. after the three hours. So. But um, no, I, I want to hear Laura's thoughts about Frankenstein. 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 Okay. Right. Frankenstein. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, uh, I guess it's, it's really a, it's a choice between Rosetta or, or Laura for, for the next one. Does either well, of you time-wise. If Laura, if Laura is going to be talking about something that Tina wants to comment on too, yeah. then I could do it right away so they can be side by side there. If okay. You want. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So Rosetta, yeah. have you, uh, been watching anything or or have you mostly just been focusing on on your work with photography? My traditional Halloween stuff is watching, like you know, oh, through the time I'll watch things like the old Grinch Night Special and a lot of things like High Anxiety and Young Frankenstein stuff, all that stuff, and that's kind of where I've been right now. And trying to get a bunch of people to watch Arsenic and Old Lace because they need to learn that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so that's more of the stuff I've been doing is my typical. October Halloween kind of stuff and mm-hmm. which is always fun because I like the combination of the creepy and the twisted with the just sardonic in your face crass humor is always fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Halloween's a fun time uh especially for cuz there's just a feeling to like the entire month of October and then especially as we get towards the actual Halloween day itself. It's just, again, it just feels so appropriate to watch certain things. And um, like, what's kind of your, some of your go-tos as far as, you know, movies or shows. Um, I, there's not much I watch anymore other than things like forged in fire and stuff. I've mostly watched okay. things where they're making stuff and blowing sh- stuff up. Um, <laughs> that was a good that's catch there. What I, that's most of what I do. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm gonna that, traffic like, in crowds too much. I'm trying so, so hard. <laughs> Do uh, is there like a movie that you would watch uh, on Halloween or, or like any traditions like or like what are like it's a big tradition I guess that, that y'all Halloween have. itself is my hubby usually has to do his Young Frankenstein on Halloween and mm. I usually have to do Clue on Halloween. Nice. I don't typically think of Clue as a Halloween film, but it's actually a it just, it, film. it just fits because it's all yes. about the whodunit and the murder Absolutely. and stuff. And I, I've always been a big fan of Psych, and they had an episode they did on Psych where they actually brought back a lot of the cast and did a play off of the Clue ep- movie. And mm-hmm. it actually, in when they aired it, they did not actually pick which ending to release until the commercial break before they actually had the audience voting on who they wanted to be the guy in charge. Oh wow! <laughs> so it was, nobody knew what was going to happen until everybody voted and it came through right at the last minute. And then they used that segment pre-recorded. Dang. So it, it, it's a really fun episode and it had like Leslie Ann Warren and Martin Mull and them in it. So it was a great episode for the show. And so we like to watch it with clue when we watch it so we could compare them. <laughs> I just I love Clue as a film <laughs> in general, just to watch, like uh, even just on a random day. But yeah, actually, good shout, 
that's a really good shout for a, a film that's appropriate for that time, I would say, especially. Yeah, it, it doesn't technically happen on the day, but it's just the whole spirit of it just feels right with Halloween. Yeah, absolutely. Because I don't believe, maybe I'm wrong on this, uh, but even another film I could think about <laughs> would be films like Rocky Horror. I don't think it mm-hmm. happens on Halloween, but it no. definitely would suit Halloween very well. And again, I think one of the only ones I know of that's in my traditions that actually was definitively a Halloween movie was Arsenic and Old Lace, which is supposed to take place Halloween night. Yeah. Oh, but most right. of my Halloween one. tradition yeah. movies are just either horror comedy or twisted kind of stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. No, we have projects going. The Eagle book will be done as soon as I can quit obsessing and reproofreading and editing every page 5,000 times. Um, because it's me and I'm obsessive and everything has to be perfect and every page has to have the same layout and no phrasing. And yeah, I'm, I'm a little obsessive, a little obsessive, but I'm a perfectionist. So <laughs> other than that, the pinups have been going good, but I kind of took a couple weeks off because I got stung in the middle of the night and it kind of hurt my arm. Oh, what'd you get stung by? Oh, what? Freaking found a bee in the bed that tried to come in and hide from the cold weather that was coming in. So considering that I'm allergic to them and I woke up in really bad medical shape the day after, I'm sitting there going, I'm really glad for my seasonal allergies at that point because I was pumped full of antihistamines and oh, that's and, say, yeah. and that's stuff like lucky... that. And I still was waking up shaking with my pulse trying to go through the roof. So, Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was sitting there going, you know, if I didn't have all those meds in my system, I don't know if I would have woken up. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So it's like, hey, God works in mysterious ways. And they're Absolutely. sometimes a little odd. <laughs> Absolutely. I would have been terrified just uh, for a bee because, like, I get, ba- I get bad enough if I think there's like a roach or, or something like that. Well, in, but a bee, I'd be, ugh. It, 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 just, it just can happen. And they're trying to get out of the weather. All it takes is the door open a crack at the wrong time. And, mm. but it, it, it was not fun, but again, I, I just looked at it positive. It's God works in mysterious ways. My mom looked at the same thing because when we went through and we all went through walking pneumonia and all this stuff and the x-rays that she had to get on her lungs while she was going through it was how they found the uh, tumor that had formed in her spinal column so they could actually keep her from becoming paralyzed by getting it removed. Mm-hmm. So she's like, I'm grateful I got walking pneumonia. <laughs> <It's> like. <laughs> I was like, well, way to be positive, right? Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah, but well, yeah. you kind of reminded me because one of the films that I was sent, uh, which I finally have downstairs now with me uh, by uh, Rosie G, uh, was the Abbott and Costello um, meet Frankenstein. Yeah. So fun. That so, is so fun. I wanted I to ask, that one. since we're talking about stuff that's actually coming out right now, I wanted to ask what you think yeah. is... Mel Brooks has said he's coming out of retirement to do a miniseries on the history of the world part two. Yeah, I'm mixed. And I'm mixed I'm so on mixed. it because modern Hollywood's horrible. But then again, he's been the one calling out modern Hollywood for 20 some years and he's 95. I don't think he cares what they think. Yeah. So I'm yeah. like mixed on it. Like I want it to be as good as it, as his original stuff. I want it to be as good as the first. And there's a possibility he could do this as just an F you to the whole woke era and censorship. Yeah. I just hope he can get the people on board to help him make it and actually follow through with that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I think that you know, based on who he has around him, it sounds like it's a team that could pull off a, a series and could pull it off well. The, I think that this the the fear people have is that Hollywood's going to axe how, everything that he does. It's offensive. I think it's more so how much control will he have? Like, I think that's really the question because yeah. if he has full control, then I think that we could yeah. expect something pretty cool. Uh, if he doesn't have full control, then that would cause some concerns. Yeah. But then also, too, it's almost uh, the the whole joke about History of the World Part 2 is that it was never meant to be. And so if it's not done well, especially, it, it could very well be kind of something that kind of ruins the ending of Part 1 because, well, you know, you're looking at Part 2. That was kind of what he did because when he did that, it was every almost every movie he made from the 60s at the end of Good Smart Time all the way out he almost always had a reference to making a second movie. And yeah. he always said jokingly, eventually someday I'm going to do this to one of them just because nobody believes I will. Yeah. So, and if you're going to make one of them into a mini series, that would be the one to do because the whole movie was little half hour segments of different time periods and events. Yeah. And so I oh, see no, like, it... I'm, I'm so torn on this because it's Mel Brooks and it's the right one to pick for the format he's using. But I hate Moss them not to screw him. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, even though, because uh, Wanda Sykes is is one of the names attached as a producer, uh, as as extreme as she is, I did look at her like work as a producer, and there are things that she's done that have actually, yeah. n- you know, not bad. So I, her you know, having her in that role extreme. is not. Her personal but her are work. extreme, but she's done a lot of stuff that has made fun of both sides. So I see a potential yeah. at least there with her. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Anyone else have general thoughts about uh, this and think it's going to be good or bad? Uh, I'm not getting Hulu again until the Orville comes back. <laughs> mm. Good shout. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I saw Wanda Sykes live um, in concert, and she's hilarious. It's, mm-hmm. it's too bad her politics are so out there, yeah. but um, but it's also good that she seems to be able to have like a separation between that Wanda Sykes show that she did was pretty good. I caught a couple episodes of that. Mm-hmm. She's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. No, I mean she is one I actually even like disagree with like ninety percent of her viewpoints on things. I got to admit, when I see her in things I'm watching. She's usually one of the stealing the show moments because she's usually got great comedic timing in whatever she's in. Yeah. So I think that as long as she's in it for that kind of a role, I think that it would work pretty well. But, you know, obviously we'll have to wait and see on it. Uh, Was there anything that you were able to share that I could or wanted to share to put up or to share uh, as far as unfortunately, I can't really do much of that. Um, If you go to my pin tweet, just the Redbubble is still what I keep promoting. Any sales that I'm getting there is helping pay for my other projects right now. So, Okay. Well, I will go ahead and, and try. I've got quite a bit of stuff up in the merch there now. And I am actually was starting to work on a set of merch for my Red Panda photos. So, Okay. I will go ahead and post that link in the chat for everybody. So, uh, again, if you want to support... Uh, Rosetta and her work. You can go to this link uh, for her Red Bubble account. Get some merch. So, boom, just posted right there. 
and uh, go ahead and click on it to show her some love and support. And uh, anything else that you wanted to say, Rosetta? Um, I don't think I have a ton today, mostly because I'm on the road and I'd have yeah. to actually be looking at my computer to come up with most of it. Yeah, yeah. On the road again. I am excited because those tigers I was showing you, I actually have the two that I showed you are actually being printed as custom diamond art for me to put together. So. Ooh, very nice. They're going to be sparkly bead art when I'm done. Nice. Very cool. Well, Rosetta, as always, thank you for being with us today. And now, Laura, how's it going? Let me get you next. Let me get you next to your partner in crime, since y'all are going to talk about a couple of things that crossed over. <laughs> so, uh, what you've been uh, watching recently? Oh God, so much! It's uh, a lot of good stuff out right now. Jeez. Um, just really quickly. So the um, the Bond movie, No Time to Die. Mm. Yeah, I mean, first time I saw Bond was with my dad. He took me to see. Um, what was it? The Spy Who Loved Me, I think it was. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's always been just great escapism, lots of fun. And um, from the minute that movie started, when the opening scene focused on the girlfriend instead of Bond, I kind of got weird Force Awakens vibes. I was like, this doesn't really seem like a Bond movie to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was pretty, I loved this, the stunts are really good with the, the whole scene in Italy with the car chase and the, the shootout with the, <laughs> with the Gatling guns coming out of the front of the car. <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> yeah. So he, you know, he's in his typical car and the Gatling guns pop out of the headlights and then he starts spinning around shooting everybody, yep. you know? Um, but it just, uh, yeah, it, I don't know. It was kind of a downer. It didn't really feel like the typical Bond escapism to me. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't know. I don't really. Did you have... like because uh-huh. the one the one part that I could grasp onto as a part that I could honestly say I enjoyed was really just one character and all the scenes that she was in. And I, I forget the actress's name, but I want to say it ends with like Armas. Oh, um, Ana de Armas. Yeah, yeah Ana de Armas. Uh, what do you think about her? She was great. I mean, yeah. that's that's kind of what you're talking about when you usually go to a Bond movie. It's yeah, you know, characters like that. Yeah, well, because she's also she's kind of like quintessential Bond girl in, in a lot of ways, and on top of that, she is a badass and she plays the part, and, and that was like the big thing for me. It's like, why didn't you have her as the like if you're gonna have to do the whole oh there's a new 007 agent why go with the woman who has no charisma and it's just not exciting to see when you have this firecracker who has this like small supporting <laughs> role of the movie who would have been much better suited for it who who maybe you would have even gotten some people uh, to support because of that but instead you went with a choice that that again has already the connections with Captain Marvel as being a bore on screen and now in this one continues that that same lack of charisma. Yeah, I mean, I think the whole part of being a spy is you're supposed to be able to kind of seduce information out of people, mm-hmm. you know, which I really can't see. <laughs> I can't see, uh, what is it, Lasana Lynch? Lashana Lynch, yeah. Lashana. Lasagna is <laughs> also, so that's her name now. <laughs> that's what it will be forever. For real, for forever, lasagna, Lynch. <laughs> yeah, that movie was just, it just bummed me out. And I was like, this is not what I go to a Bond movie for. Yeah. Um, 
Let's see what else did I see? Uh, the I almost said the French mistake. <laughs> the French dispatch. Oh, you did get to see the French dispatch. Oh God, yeah, Wes Anderson. It's it's like Wes Anderson on crack. There's there has to be probably two hundred people in this movie. <laughs> uh, somebody, I heard. I wish I could take credit for this thought, but somebody said that. Wes Anderson movies are the opposite of Marvel movies where in Marvel movies, there's something serious going on and they, you know, they use credit, uh, they use uh, humor to, you know, deflect in the situation where <laughs> in Wes Anderson movies, it's like everybody in the movie is completely serious about what's going on, but just the situations they're in are just so ridiculous that, you know, you, <laughs> you end up laughing at the situation, even though like they're not laughing. There. <laughs> there was a scene in the French Dispatch where one of the characters is trying to kill Adrian Brody. Oh, <laughs> he showed me that picture. I was like, oh my God. And you know, everybody in the theater's just like dying laughing. Adrian Brody's like running for his life. <laughs> this guy who's chasing him like in a wheelchair or something. That's <sighs> so good. So, so I would imagine and take that you enjoyed this film. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you're lucky though because we were you able to see it last week or this week. Last week, yeah. Yeah, because oh, it was only in a few theaters across the oh, country. Really? Huh. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't swing a dead cat here without hitting a theater. So I got plenty of theaters, <laughs> like art house theaters and stuff like that. By the way, I love that expression um, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> That's no, you've silly. heard of stones throw away. It's like, no, you can't throw a dead cat without. <laughs> That's my southern heritage, my culture, my southern culture. Here. Well, yes, I do declare. Uh... <laughs> Bless your heart. Ed. Bless your heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not free well, to say anything I want about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, because uh, last week it was only in 52 theaters oh, across wow. the country. Yeah. Oh, I got lucky. And now it's up to 788. So still not a whole lot of theaters, but we used to have an art house theater called the dome here and it had oh. this gigantic curve screen. Oh, nice. That was popular back in the day, I guess. But yeah. 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 Let's see. What else did I say? Squid game. Of course. Mm, yes. Mm, let's see. What else? Uh, oh, that horrible, the last duel movie. Oh yeah. I remember he- hearing oh. you. Yeah. And then, uh, I don't know if you saw his video. I, I didn't watch it all the way, but uh, Stuckman came out with like a defense of the last duel saying it should have made more money than it did. Um, he would. He's such an asshat. <laughs> and he's become more, even more of one recently, especially. Uh, it's just, oh, yeah. He went after the drinker the other day. Yeah, I was like, right. what? Please go away. Yeah. I, I did put it in his comment section on that video that I was like, maybe it was the two scenes that featured you know, or the few scenes that featured and I put the word in there. Cause I was like, maybe that's the reason why I didn't do well amongst, you know, poor marketing and yeah, all these other things. But, uh. well, I mean, to be honest, okay. So the whole trick with, uh, I'm going to say it wrong. Tina's going to be mad at me. It's wow. Rashomon. Yeah. Rashomon. Yeah. The whole trick Rashomon. with Rashomon yeah. is you get several versions of the story and you have no idea which idea, which version is actually true. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This movie tried to do that and, you know, uh, failed completely because it's completely obvious when you see, like, the three versions of the story, which one they're trying to tell you 
is accurate, you know, because mm. um, first you have Matt Damon's version, and then you have Adam Dri Adam Driver's um, version, who's the one who's supposed to have given grapes to the girl, mm. um, and he gives grapes to another girl. <laughs> in his version of the story so you're like oh my goodness so his defense is oh I, it wasn't her it was to someone else <laughs> it's just like okay so wow. now i hate both of these male characters so why mm -hmm. why am i here great movie to take your 80 year old mother-in-law to but <laughs> no. oh you did didn't oh and hey, I don't blame you though, because like the trailer makes it seem like, oh, this is seems kind of interesting. And then oh no. Matt Damon done me wrong. <laughs> Love me some Matt Damon. Oh god. So yeah, we, oh, we left um before we didn't get to see the duel. I saw it online, somebody had, yeah. had it online somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Mother in law is like, Can we go now? Oh no. Like, yes, we can. Oh, that's awful. I saw other people walk out. You have to get your flashlight out so you can find oh, your way yeah. out of the theater. But I did see someone else leaving also. So. Oh, man. Because yeah, you can only take that so much where you're like, okay, what's the purpose of this now? It's yeah. just... <laughs> and I was telling Laura yesterday that uh, Tom and Cameron Pasha were talking about On Midnight's Edge. And they were like, yeah, I think it's a historical epic. And I was like, oh, God, Laura, you need to contact them <laughs> and tell them, no, it's not a historical epic. Well, I mean, if you're going to show, like, grapes twice, you know, supposedly from two different people's point of views, the scene should not be exactly the same. It's mm. like, I don't understand. So that's three, three grapes. So oh, it's like, my God. And they show, like, the full scene? Um, everybody's clothed, which was also strange. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, full, three full scenes, right? Oh my goodness. I thought they would stop it because there's a scene where he, where Adam Driver slams a door. So I was like, well, certainly they'll stop it there. I was like, yeah. oh, nope, <laughs> they're not stopping. So anyway. It kind of reminds I, me of that film, yeah. uh, things called Vantage Point. And it like did something where it like t took the same story from different perspectives and it did it so many times that it was hilarious. Cause in the audience, it got to like the third or fourth time and <laughs> you could hear a, you could hear an audible. Oh, come on. Like they were just like <laughs> another angle, really another angle. Um, and so I can only imagine like that, like, yeah, by the second one, you're like, wait, I have to watch this again. And then by the third, you're like, Oh, come on. And the um, from what I've heard um, from other reviews that I've saw, the female's version of the story, she's so idealized and perfect. And, yeah. you know, she's she's like running the estate and her husband's just a drunkard. And, you know, it's just uh, yeah. anyway. uh, I'm glad it's not doing well. It makes me very happy that it yeah. failed. Yeah, because I think in the basic commentaries I heard about it, it was meant to be about you know, this true story. It's meant to be about like, you know, pro women, basically. And so it's like Okay, that's all good and fine and dandy, but also if you're going to do it like this, it's you're. I don't know who you're helping uh, in this scenario. I guess. Uh, let's see. What else did I see? Um. Oh, Frankenstein. Yep. Yes. Frankenstein, eh? Yeah. For Halloween, they did a little uh, Dracula Frankenstein doubleheader. Ah. I mean, so you uh, only watched Frankenstein, or did you also watch Dracula? Oh, we had they had Dracula first, and then uh, Frankenstein, and I I was shocked at how good it was because I mm. you know I 
I was just blown away. The um, it's only like an hour, though, right? Yeah, when I was watching it on Voodoo Thursday night, it said like seventy minutes, but they go so it goes so quick. It does. It seems to go really quickly, and the the camera work and it looks almost like it's a stage play that yeah. they've filmed because you know the way that it's very gothic. The way the you know shadows are thrown against the wall and everything's kind of dark and dreary and um you know it's it's just it's a classic and i'm so glad i got to see it in the theater me too mm -hmm. <laughs> the scene that i mean i was actually like spooked and scared by the movie the the scene where after the the farmer's daughter has been killed oh. and the farmer takes the um takes the daughter and carries her through the town and um the camera's like following him as he's walking and you can see um the expressions of people behind him as he's he's carrying his dead daughter in his arms and they're they go from like surprise to shock to the crowd starts to follow him down the street you know it was it it was very emotional because yeah i mean you can only imagine losing your daughter like that mm -hmm. but you know um tina Oh wait, yeah. she's gone. Somebody knocked on the door. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I imagine back in the day, it was probably difficult to get a camera to roll down the street like that. It, I'm sure they were. Yeah, and I think James Whale, and you'll especially see it like when you finally see Bride of Frankenstein, he was really going back to that old German expressionism movement. So oh, that's why you okay. get those beautiful sh shadows in the black and white. And um, if you see Nosferatu, Murnau does that so much. But yeah, James Whale was British, but I think he was trying to like, yeah, I'm going to show this to the Americans, how it can be done. And seeing that when I looked at that, seeing the farmer carrying his dead daughter, and it's like, that's one of the first times I've ever gotten really emotional watching that shot. Yeah, I didn't, you know, because Dracula was kind of, kind of campy, kind of, um, I mean, scenes in it were spooky, but it, it really didn't yeah. affect me like Frankenstein did. And, um, yeah. Hold on one second. <laughs> Make sure you're not being taken away to Squid Game. And, uh... I know. But no, I, th I think I told Laura, see, my grandmother saw those movies when they first came out. Yeah. And she said, like, when Frankenstein came, when he, when Karloff first appears as the monster, <sighs> and it's so cool because he starts backing in the door. And then he slowly turns and then he's facing the camera. And my grandmother said women were screaming and women fainted. And it was just like nobody had ever seen anything like that before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as uh, Kara Tharp says, uh, Frankenstein was a stage play at one point. Yeah, yeah. I want to I say they censored that movie for a while, too. Like the they scene did. when they throw the girl in the, in the lake. They yes. actually cut that from the original negative. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. They did the respiration, they had to stick it back in. <laughs> yeah, they also cut the part when he says, it's alive, it's alive. And he says, oh, God. Or they're saying, like, Henry, calm down. And he says, well, now I know what it's like to be God. And they had cut that because they said that was blasphemous. Mm. And they finally put it back in because it used to be, if you saw it on TV, it would have this weird jump. And I was always like, why did it jump like that? 
<laughs> and it was like, yeah, because it's missing a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> it, it context always, is important, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know it's what, I, you know what I'm always saying? Context. <laughs> and I'll and I'll make sure to say it again because it's so it's so incredibly important. Let me see if I can if yeah. I can get this uh, if I can get this up. Um, boom! There it is. Context. Context. <laughs> important. Context. That's all you need to know. <laughs> That's all you need to know. <laughs> but Laura, I'm so glad you get to see it, and especially on a big screen. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's. <sighs> You know, it's funny they did have that link at the beginning <laughs> about you know this movie oh, that's is so cool. <laughs> super creepy, but yeah, it's they do um, have a warning like even in the current <laughs> form. Yeah. Oh no, it's it was like an ancient. Guy. Guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not an ancient guy, but it was the cla the the classic guy from the 1930s where he's like warning about uh, how creepy the movie is. Oh, uh -huh. okay, so it's like done in like a fun way. Yes. And then he says, well, I warned you. <laughs> That's fun. Everybody should, it's one of those movies everybody should see, you know, like Jaws or um, some of the other classics. Jurassic you know. Park. Jurassic Park, of course. Welcome to Jurassic Park. <laughs> That's all I can do. I just had to move from the back bedroom to the front bedroom because Joe needs to go to sleep because she's working tonight. So I've got like my oh, pocketbook no. and my coffee and my iPad and my phone and <laughs> trying to like walk through the house without rousing any of the dogs. I was like, oh, jeez. Yeah, speaking of that, I need to head out. <laughs> oh, Mr. Oh. Roy. Well, thank you for being here. Uh, any last Roy. words you want to say before you head out? Uh, no, nah, I, I gotta go. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Mr. Roy. Uh, yes, if you can get it a quick cat nap in before you go, please do so. Bye -bye. Uh, pre Bye. Appreciate you having me on. Um, I'll Absolutely. see y'all later. Bye. Have a good one, man. Bye -bye. Bye, bye bye. Bye bye. Don't let the bed bugs bite. Uh, so, uh, Laura, anything else at you? And then, of course, Dune. Mm -hmm. am, I, am I echoing or no? Uh, I thought I heard it for a second, but I don't hear it as much as it was before. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The one thing I really liked about the movie was how, like, he showed the scale of the ships. Like, you had, you know, kind of Paul looking out at that big ship that came up out of the water. And you kind of get a, a sense of its scale. And then mm -hmm. later you see that ship going into the um, transportation ship, the big tube thing. Yeah. And it was just like a tiny little dot. And you were like, oh, wow. And it gives you a, a nice sense of how massive everything was. Oh, yeah. Uh, the visual effects are, are truly a wonder in this film. You know, mm -hmm. it's because, as you said, not just because of their look, but also because the scale, it adds so much to uh, the story overall. And I think that that's kind of like the consistent uh, context throughout the entirety of the story. Yeah, I don't really blame Mr. Roy because I, I do remember thinking at, at some points I was like, God, I don't know if normies are going to, you know, be as into this as I am. You know, I, I just didn't know if it had enough there to hold everybody's attention. Because, like, Rebecca Ferguson, her acting was really good, but 
it's un unlike the girl who played Jessica in the previous version. I, I didn't really feel like a connection with her. She seemed mm -hmm. so like cold and severe, um, which I mean, that's the character she's supposed to be. But yeah. And I think, too, um, that it, it's I, I think a lot of that kind of going back to what I was saying before was because there's just so much of the character that we don't get. Right. There's just so much information about the character and background development that I think would have helped to, to better create a dynamic and to create a, a connection with her. Because I don't think it was that's a situation where I don't think it was the actress as much as it was like story dialogue, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think they they definitely should have split it into three parts. It's mm -hmm. too much because there's no natural end point. Um, where they stopped it it's just like oh yeah okay, it's over yeah it's just like oh okay great it's like and it's not even a part two where you're like oh i'm so excited i can't wait for more it's like that's it i need more <laughs> like it's a different kind of of desire it's yeah not the best I mean, kind they skip so much i mean i yeah. i'm just i'm just hoping that the director's cut on uh when they eventually release the blu-ray uh, mm -hmm. i just hope it has more yeah, and from what was said on Friday Night Tights last night, it's that there are indeed scenes, because uh, there's that image, I think you shared it, uh, where you have uh, the character with the baricet, I think is what it's called. Gurney Halleck. Uh, Gurney Halleck with the baricet, right, with the, with the musical instrument. So we know that there's at least a couple things there, but from what we've been told, the movie that he wanted is the movie that we got. So anything extra likely will only be like deleted scenes and not an actual like cut of hmm. the film. Oh, sadly. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's a difficult story. To yeah. I think that's why it hasn't been done, you know, fully. It's it's mm -hmm. difficult to get all of that on screen. Yeah, and it, I think it's uh, it's going to be really <laughs> if he does not deliver part two, like, and does not complete the story so that you see both of them together as a complete narrative that I think is going to be an issue. Like that's like the real test that he has is can he take all of this now and make it so that you want to rewatch the first one to get to the second one. And that's kind of the trick because of where they stop and because of what they leave out. Uh, and so I, I'm, I, again, I can't wait to see it. I think it's going to be cool, but uh, who knows? Yeah, I think it'll get a lot of people interested in the book, so yes. that that's good. Yeah, but. I think it's uh, trending. It's been trending on Amazon, I think, for for a bit. So it's definitely it's definitely making an impact. That's for sure. But we have to, uh, I guess, we have to wait and see. I'm still waiting on you know, obviously the box office numbers, you know, because that's one way of indicating it. But they also haven't, to my knowledge, released any official numbers for HBO Max. So that's uh. you know. Yeah, I mean, I get where normies are coming from. I've seen a lot of, of hate from some Doom fans against, you know, normies who are like, it was boring or I didn't get it. Or yeah. I think Force of Light, uh, their review was kind of like, you know, eh, didn't really care for it. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like I, I never made it. I saw it twice and I didn't make it all the way through either time. You know, mm -hmm. I was just like, I, I, I got to get out of this theater. <laughs> <laughs> I just got, I can't, I can't do anymore. Oh, <laughs> it's, no. It's, it's yeah, so loud. Yeah, it's so, and it's like, because there's movies that are long and then there's movies that are long, right? There's movies where they're mm -hmm. long and you can feel it. 
And then there's movies that are long, but you're like, I'm loving every second of it. And so I'm here for three hours and I'm like, oh, it's been three hours. Oh my goodness. I can't even believe it. And this is definitely not, I would say, I don't really think it's either. I think it's actually somewhere in the middle, depending on the person. Um, and, uh, you know, for me, there were parts where I was so engrossed that I wasn't even understanding how much time was passing. And then there were also moments, especially towards the end where I was like, Oh, cause the ending, it really just really just hits you where you're like, Oh, wait a minute. This is where you're ending it. And you're looking at your watch. You're like, I, I mean, I get, it's almost like they had a timer. And it's like, ah, time to stop <laughs> it. It's like, ah, I don't think this is the best place to kind of have this end off point. Well, there's all these little tricks that like writers and directors use when you're watching a movie, you know, to kind of pull you into the movie. Like and a lot of times I'll see like, uh, they'll have someone say oh, that, that woman, she's so, and so people in the audience are like, Hey, people think she's beautiful. She must be beautiful. And it's like, sometimes they have a mm -hmm. movie that's long so that at the end of it, you're like, you're tired, just like the characters, you know, if the characters are going through like Lord of the Rings, you know, by the end of it, you're like, Oh geez, you know, <laughs> they've been mm -hmm. through such a long quest and you're kind of there with them. You, you know, you kind of uh, sympathize. Yeah. With the characters on screen, it's like, oh, I've been in this theater forever. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, were you able to see anything else? I did. I just can't. I don't know. I'm all flustered from having to, having move. to move. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, well, I thank you as always for being here. Um, oh, uh, yeah. Well, well K-Man... Uh, I see that you need to, to bounce it again, last things that you want to say or shout before you head out. Uh, not really. I just want to say thank you for always having us on the streams. And, uh, and I, this time around, I think I can give my shout out to Tina. Oh, yeah. Great person. And she deserves all that she gets along with everybody else especially today absolutely absolutely that's good shout out k-man good way to good way to leave <laughs> so see you later k-man you have a great rest of your day k-man thank you y'all too right. see ya i'm gonna try to go outside oh come on let's go outside come on Mama. oh the puppy's going outside <laughs> all right so uh tina yeah How's it going? Oh, I'm doing okay. I kind awesome. of, since I took up so much time earlier, I've tried to zip through <laughs> some of my movies. I'm going to start out. I, I saw Many Saints of Newark, and see, I mm. had never watched The Sopranos before, and now I am, and it is fantastic. I just started into uh, season two. I had issues with many saints of Newark that had nothing to do with me not knowing who anyone was outside of, oh, that's Tony Soprano as a young man. I just think the movie had issues overall as a movie. Mm -hmm. I, I guess the creator, I can't think of his name, David Chase, I think is his name. I think he was trying to make some kind of phony amends for the people in the original series having prejudice against other races. And I was like, I never had a problem with that when I'm watching it and they drop some kind of term. I'm like, that's the way they are, you know? 
so he spends a whole lot of time on the Newark riots back in the 60s. And then he has this black guy that was working with the mob kind of break out on his own and become his own mobster. And I was like, I don't know where we're going. Whose story is this? Is this about the Sopranos or is this about some black guy that's becoming a, dr a drug dealer? Um, I Now that I'm seeing it, I see what a lot of the fans are talking about. I don't think they developed the characters very well, but Warner Brothers gave them two hours to knock out a freaking movie. Um, I think it would have been better if they had done a miniseries with it. Mm. Because the one character that was kind of like Tony's mentor, Dickie Montesanto, he's in it, but it's just some weird stuff going on. So, I mean, if I was just looking at it as a standalone movie, I would say this is not a very good movie. Mm. So, and Gandafini's son was okay. He wasn't in it very long, but... Yeah. Uh, because it starts out when Tony is real little and then like the second half we get him as a teenager, but we still didn't see a whole lot. So I don't know. I don't know. They keep saying that um, they keep saying they're going to do a series or another movie. I know the fan base is very torn that there are some people that really liked it. I've talked to other people that were Sopranos fans that said they turned it off before it ended. And you hadn't seen Sopranos before you saw it, right? Exactly. Yeah. So now that I'm looking at the Sopranos, I'm like, oh my gosh, they really did. <laughs> that movie isn't very good. <laughs> but the show, I am loving it. I mean, so far, I and I've heard the last season or two kind of gets wonky, but I'm going to stick the with ending it. is what I've heard is controversial the as far as very whether people love it or hate it. Yeah. 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 And I even watched a video the other day where they were discussing that ending again. So mm -hmm. I was like, well, I already know that's going to happen. That's not a problem. But like I said, uh, many saints just on its own as a movie, I, I, it was okay but then it wasn't okay. It was just something was off about it. It was like they were too rushed because they had two hours to tell the story. So it's like they almost expect, oh, we'll throw this character's name out there and everybody will know who that is. And it's like, but you're not telling us anything about this new version of that, a younger version of that character. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I, I won't watch it again, but yeah, I'm, I'm hooked on The Sopranos. Nice. <laughs> Um, it's such a good series. It's weird you didn't catch it back in the day, you know. I didn't have HBO. Oh, so it that was would like, do it. <laughs> yeah, it was like my, the only time I saw shows like Rome uh, or True Blood and like that is because my mom had HBO and Showtime. So I would go over and she would be like, oh, okay, Spartacus is on. And was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I would watch then. But yeah, I never saw The Sopranos. I am so sorry that I'm coming in late on it. But I, yeah, I'm. We forgive it. you, Tina. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You have been absolved. I've been absolved. So, um, um, let's see what else. Oh, I saw this Amazon movie. Uh, I mean, it was on Amazon. Amazon didn't make it. It was a uh, English production. It was another version of Dorian Gray. And instead of them going for the, it being like a psychological story, they were kind of going more for the gross out 
And Dorian Gray is not a gross out story. It was like they had the whole thing about him pretty much selling his soul to the devil to remain young like he is in the portrait that's painted of him. But then it's like they show these camera shots of the portrait and there's maggots crawling out from under the port. And it's like, oh, y'all, why are you doing this? And it had like graphic sex scenes and torture. And I was like, y'all just lost, lost the entire plot of the story. <laughs> and the only person in it that I knew was Colin Firth. And he was good, like he always is. But I kind of just fast forwarded to the the end of the story because I knew how it ends. And I was just like, eh, I'm just going to fast forward. Oh, okay. It's over. Good. Tina was joking that Tom Cruise should play that part. <laughs> I think Tom Cruise seriously has a portrait hidden somewhere. We just have to find it. <laughs> it's in an attic somewhere behind. And if anyone doors. is gonna go out of their way to find it and destroy it, 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 be it would be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll go Tom. out there to defend it because I want to see more crazy Tom Cruise stunt films, but. There, Tom, that's what you really look like now that your portrait's been destroyed. What do you call him? Tommy Mayapore? Maypother. That's his May real name. Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. T-H-E-R. And there's a load of Maypothers here. They're everywhere. <laughs> um, I don't and, – and the cruise, from what I heard, is like his mother's maiden name. So, uh, yeah, Tom Cruise sounds more like a movie star than Tom Bates. <laughs> <laughs> Widow Tommy. So, oh, okay, and I rewatched this Ed Wood movie called The Sinister Earth just because it makes me laugh, but it's about, oh, my God, it's just, it's Ed, it's typical Ed Wood. This has got pornography, and I'm like, well, if that's pornography... Uh, I mean, I've seen less clothes in a Victoria's Secret catalog. I mean, because one woman had on like this heavy robe and she's just kind of holding her hands up like she's posing. And I'm like, oh, that's supposed to be porn. Okay. So, (laughs) (laughs) and there's a serial killer in it. And (laughs) the cops are just like, Oh, another girl's been found in that park. What are we going to do? And then some concerned citizen comes in. He's like, I'm tired of my tax money going to fight pornography. It should be going to fight other things like (laughs) writing tickets. (laughs) What? (laughs) And then then the chief detective has to tell him, you know, sir, because of pornography, this happens and this happens and this happens. How would you feel if... Do you have children? Yes, I have two daughters. Well, how would you feel if one of your daughters was involved in pornography? I feel very bad. I need to be paying more taxes so you all can fight pornography. Where do you find a line in the film? Is I need to pay more taxes (laughs) so that I can fight? Oh my goodness! So you all can fight pornography. This feels terrible. But it's the same. The one actor. Oh my gosh, put that in quotation marks. The one <laughs> actor is in Plan 9. If so, if you've seen Plan 9 and when you see Sinister Urge, you're like, oh, he played the cop in that. And uh, I think the angry taxpayer was played by the, oh, Bri- he was in, I think he was in Bride of the Monster. 
and he has a parakeet sitting on his shoulder and he's supposed to be a detective or police captain or something. So it's like the same Ed Wood people used over and over, you know. Oh, and okay. I love that in some of the shots, you can see posters from Ed's previous movies. So there's a poster of like Bride of the Monster <laughs> and Jail Base. Subtle <laughs> advertising. Subtle <laughs> advertising. Yeah, subtle self-advertisement, right? <laughs> So, but that was the Sinister Earth. So if you're going to watch it, I would say get it, you know, with MST3K because that's going to make it a whole lot funnier. Um, okay. I looked at Attack of the Mayan Mummy and I couldn't even give it, I couldn't give it anything. I couldn't even give it a half a star on Letterboxd. Can I you do that? <laughs> you can do that. Yeah, I was like, this movie... It's not, it was on one of those bad, you know, where they show bad movies. And I was like, this isn't even worth, it's like an hour or so. Wow. But it was terrible. And it's a bunch, it's a bunch of voiceovers and narration and they'll show a scene and what they're narrating has nothing to do with what you're seeing. And it was originally a Mexican movie and here's a name, all soul assassins are gonna love this. Jerry Warren, director of Frankenstein Island. Woo! Frankenstein uh, Island. Oh, Frankenstein Island. Uh, Jerry Warren would take these foreign flicks, he would buy them, bring bring them to the US for you know to have exhibited, but he would either dub in English actors or insert his own scenes into the movie in English. And Attack of the Mayan Monster is one of these. And I'm like, at this point, Frankenstein Island is a masterpiece. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> because this, and when it ended, you're like, that's it? For real. We just spent one hour and everybody's dead. Except the dude that's telling the story. Uh, spoiler warning. Nobody's <laughs> gonna watch this. <laughs> and it has a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> it's the wait a minute. The Aztec mummy versus no robot versus Aztec mummy. Oh because instead of being Mayan, now he's Aztec, but it's the same mummy. Yeah, because yeah, that... that's how that works, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I need historical accuracy in my mummy movies. It's so <laughs> a no-go. Um, excuse me. This mummy is clearly Mayan. I don't know why you're calling it Aztec. Oh, my gosh. So, And I've seen Robot versus Aztec Mummy, and it is it's hilarious. Okay. But Mayan Mummy... It was like the only reason why I was laughing is because they were laughing at it. It's like, it's just, oh my gosh, yes. At that point, I was like, oh, Frankenstein Island, take me away. <laughs> so what are you trying to say? That Mayan mummies aren't funny? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> no, That's what the, I just heard. Aztec <laughs> mummies are funny. Wow. Mayan mummies. That's Talk what about saying. an ist, right? Goodness. Oh, I know it. Mummy ist. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and of the other, like, my bad movies, 
Uh, MST3K did one called The Dead Talk <laughs> Do they talk back in the film is the real question. <laughs> they never is it, Are the subtitles yakety yak? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, basically what I got from The Dead Talk Back is you have the scientist who spends like the first five or ten minutes of the movie explaining to us that he's a scientist and it's like, yeah, you're wearing a lab coat and you're in a lab. And how he has created some kind of contraption where he can talk to the dead. Okay, and then we go through this, we go to this rooming house, one of those rooming houses you see back in the 40s and 50s and 60s, and uh, you see this old woman, and I guess she's the landlady, and then they introduce us to everybody that's living there, and then the narrator is telling us how suspicious they are, and then we see this one woman, and the narrator says, that's so-and-so. She has 90 minutes to live. Now she has 60 minutes to live. (laughs) In 30 minutes, she'll be dead. So I'm like, okay, so I guess this is our murder victim then. She gets murdered with a crossbow. And when the police are investigating, they said, well, the company's gone out of business and there were millions of these sold all over the country. And I'm like, there was actually a run on crossbows at some point. (laughs) There's millions of these. And they're interrogating this one woman and she's stripped. She's doing a strip in front of them. And I'm like, why is this woman being interviewed by the police and she's taking her clothes off? She just randomly decides to... It's just like, okay, well, I understand. She's taking off her jacket. Why is she taking off her blouse? Why is she taking off her skirt? Don't question it, Tina. Just go with it. Just go with it. That's what I did. Just consume it. Consume. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, at the end, the big I won't. No, no, no spoilers. So could you say, could you argue that this film is what many modern Hollywood types use as their inspiration, right? For just don't question it, just consume. Just consume. Yeah. yeah. But see, this is one of those drive-in movies that they used to make. And at this point, the kids are all kissy kissing in the car. They don't care. You know, it'd be me that would be sitting there going, well, this doesn't make any sense. How did the dead talk back? Yak and yak. Yak and yak. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up, little Susie. Wake up. We're late. So, okay. So that was the dead talk back. So, oh my gosh. And then last night, I've been watching these gamers from England. Their channel's called Outside Xbox. And I've been watching them. Oh my gosh. And now I'm getting into the whole Resident Evil video game. The movies? Thing. No, not the movies, the video games. They're cool. The newest one is really good, yeah. Res 8, oh my gosh. And then I've seen like Res 7 and I'm like, uh, they they do, uh, oh shoot, Grand Theft Auto. But they're, they're really cool gamers. I like them. But they reposted one of their Halloween videos. They did The Brain That Wouldn't Die also known as the head that wouldn't die. <laughs> Stay with us, Tina. Stay with us. Breathe. Deep, deep breath. We're have. almost there, Tina. We're almost there. <laughs> Pretty much what you have is 
doctor, he's already, his dad has already told him, son, you need to quit doing those mysterious experiments because the hospital is starting to notice bodies are missing. (laughs) So the son is going up to his country house with his new wife, who is a nurse. They are in a horrific car accident. (laughs) I'm sorry. He he rolls out because they didn't have seatbelts back then. He rolls out he finds her body. She's been decapitated. So he wraps her head up in his jacket and runs to the country house, which looks like freaking Buckingham Palace. As you do. (laughs) (laughs) And so he rushes in and he has an assistant whose name is not Igor. So I'll just call him not Igor. (laughs) And he says, "We've we've got to get this hooked up. So then when we see it a few minutes the later, the head, okay. the head is sitting in a, like on a cookie, cookie sheet. <laughs> with, with the and it's got wires running into it. <laughs> and so there she is. The head is alive. So then Dr. <laughs> Not Frankenstein says, okay, all I need is a body to go with her head because I can't just love her head. Well. So they spend the rest of the movie with them. Stoggy women, very buxomy women. He goes to a strip club. He goes to a beauty show. <laughs> And he's licking his lips, and I guess he's thinking my wife here with a good old Oh no. <laughs> In the meantime, oh, no. he has not spoken to the wife's head once. <laughs> she starts coming too, and we find out the head has psychic abilities. And there is something locked behind this door that nobody wants to go behind the door. They're like, no, don't ever open that door. And so she starts making psychic contact with whatever is behind the door because she's saying he should have let me die, which is true. The head. The head. <laughs> the head's been, and the head has a philosophical conversation with not, not Igor. And she's saying, this is the reason why none of this will work. He's crazy. And she's actually throwing out what sounds like legit medical stuff. And it's like, yeah, because he thinks he's going to take your decapitated head and just stick it on somebody else's body and make it work. (laughs) Well, GMucky76 just made this comment. (laughs) And yes, it's correct. It's Igor. Igor. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my god <laughs> so i seriously i'm not gonna tell you all the ending because the ending is pretty cool uh but go look up X- outside xbox i think they did this stream last year and just look up the brain that wouldn't die but it also goes by the head that wouldn't die but it's just, oh my gosh, it was just like, I can't believe, oh, this isn't, somebody, 
on their panel said, I think this movie was actually about some pervert who was going around looking at Buxomy women and they decided, hey, how about if we put in the science fiction angle? <sighs> yeah, because we spend more time watching him. <laughs> we spend more time watching him lusting over women. And at one point, he's even putting his hands around this one woman's neck to size it up. Oh, like, my hmm, goodness. Will that work? Mm, no, not, not sure about that. Oh, my goodness. The brain that wouldn't <laughs> die, everyone. Classic. <laughs> Classic. Hey, I rewatched The Right Stuff. That's one of my all time favorite movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, called a movie is free on YouTube. It's called Making Waves, The Art of Cinematic Sound. Mm -hmm. um, it was pretty interesting. They go all the way back to when the sound era started. They interviewed a lot of people that had been in involved in sound design. They did a very nice portion with Ben Burt. And that's when you realize why is, not ben, why is ben Burt not at Lucasfilm anymore? I mean, I think we all know, but the man created so many sounds that we know of Star Wars. How the lightsaber sounds, how Wookiee sounds. Um, but th they got into other movies. Guess how they made the jets sound in Top Gun? How they made that effect? It blew me away. I thought it would be actual jets, but... Mm -mm. They said actual jets are dull sounding when you're up mm. close. They went to a zoo and recorded animal sounds and then worked them into the actual jet sounds. Oh, wow. And I thought, okay, that makes it makes sense once you heard it. Uh, they interviewed a lot of directors. Um, they talked to Streisand. She was really so interested in sound design when she did uh, Stars Born. And she went over budget, and at that time, I think it was Warner Brothers. If you went over budget, however much you went over, you had to personally pay that. Mm -hmm. And she went over budget because she wanted to do the sound design in a certain way. And she said once the executives saw the movie and heard it, they were like, yeah, don't worry about <laughs> paying us what you went over. Because they were so impressed by it. But yeah, it's really good. <laughs> the only reason, excuse me, the only reason why I would knock off some stars is that towards the end, they decided to go a little SJW mm. because there have been women working in sound design for decades in Hollywood. And, and I've seen their names in the credits, but they decided, oh, well, here's our time to talk about, oh, this is a gay man that does sound. And here's a woman who does sound. And here's a black who's, a, and I'm like, okay, now you all have just ruined the entire documentary. Mm. That wasn't needed. But otherwise, I thought it was pretty good. And like I said, it's free on YouTube. So you can just go on there and you can, you know, see it for free. Nice. So saw Frankenstein, watched that Thursday. And then I guess the movie everybody's been wanting to hear me talk about is Doom. <laughs> New Doom. That's what I'm going to call it. New Doom. And I saw on your letterbox you had two scores. Yeah, because I looked at it. See, my finger slipped. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. And I watched it on the HBO Max. And I'm going to say this. This is going to be my disclaimer. 
I am not a fan of French directors. I never have been. He's Canadian. <laughs> well, but he still got that French in him. <laughs> His name is Denis Villeneuve. That's all I need to know. <laughs> so I, I, I've just never been a fan of theirs. I love like German and Italian and French and English and American cinema, Japanese. It's just something about them that's always drove me crazy. And that's going all the way back to Abel Gans' Napoleon, which they finally restored. I think it's now six hours. And even the people that loved it said, I don't know why he put some of those scenes in there. Mm -hmm. So I just had, I, I've watched a lot of French works. There is only one French movie that I love and that's Cocteau's Beauty and the Beast from 1946. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's my disclaimer. Arrival, fell asleep on it twice, finally got through the third time, still didn't know what the hell was going on. Laura, said, <laughs> oh, Laura told me the end and I was like, oh, okay. So that's why, uh, okay, Blade Runner 2049, I watched 45 minutes of it the other night, and I said, I'm done. I couldn't, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And then Dune, and yeah, I have two scores. That two stars, I may bring it back up again, but the IMAX drove me insane. I am mm -hmm. sorry I ever saw it in IMAX. I think something was wrong with the sound. I've never had that issue before, but I, I, I think I was telling Andrew and Laura, I was hearing like whisper echoes. I was sitting where my right side was facing the speakers, but a couple of seconds after they would say a line on the screen, I would hear the same line in my left ear. And at first I was thinking, is my brother saying something to me? Because he was sitting on my left. And then I realized, no, I'm hearing the lines from the movie. I have never had that happen in IMAX before. Hmm. Was uh, it for all the lines or just for specific parts? It was specific parts. And then when we got to like the middle of act two, I didn't hear it anymore, but it was so loud. <laughs> if, it was, if it was happening, I wasn't hearing it. Okay, because there are a couple of parts where there is a voice where that that effect is meant to be there. Well, maybe that was it, but it was yeah. uh, it was annoying to me okay. because it was taking me out of the movie because I'm I, because I spent like two or three minutes trying to figure out wh why am I hearing this? Yeah, and couldn't didn't know if it was my brother, was it somebody behind me that was whispering because there were people behind me. And then I suddenly realized, oh, wait a minute, that that's a line from the movie. Um, I, I think I would have been just happy seeing it in HBO Max overall. And I know that's weird because everybody's saying, well, you got to see it on the big screen. And it may have just been our IMAX because I've heard people give mixed opinions about IMAX. Um, no, my IMAX was bad too. I couldn't understand half the dialogue. <laughs> I was like, what is going hmm. on? Well, and, and Hans Zimmer, who as I, I snorted poop because I don't think he's in the chat. He's a big <laughs> soundtrack. Yeah, I love him. He's a big soundtrack, movie soundtrack fan like I am. And he said Zimmer's been phoning it in since 2010. And I said, yeah, that one, I couldn't even think of the name of the movie and it was Inception. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's the last time I think he's done a decent score. I love Gladiator. I can listen to Gladiator all the time, but that was also co-written with Lisa Gerard, who doesn't get enough credit. But 
it was just, it was so noisy and I had a freaking headache when it was over. And all I wanted to do was just get up and leave. And I'm like, I shouldn't be leaving a movie like this. I'm trying to rewatch it because I looked at it on TV and I'm thinking, well, maybe seeing it on a big screen, I'll be able to take it all in. But it was just, it was so loud. And I think that was part of the migraine. I had a migraine all day Sunday. And it was like, yeah, it was all that. I couldn't even call it sound anymore. It was just noise. Mm -hmm. Visually, it's a pretty striking movie. But I, when I heard Gary give his review, I was like, that's what I've been looking for. I didn't feel anything. When I saw it that Thursday night on HBO Max, I looked at it and I was like, okay, what's the next episodes of The Sopranos that I haven't watched yet? I shouldn't watch a movie and think that. I should have been like, I am really stoked to see this in IMAX on Saturday night. I shouldn't be thinking about, okay, what's my next Sopranos episode that's coming up? It, it was a, um, I don't know if this is going to make any sense. It was just a movie to me. Hmm. Not on the level of like Maya and Mummy or The Brain That Wouldn't Die. But it was like the minute it was over, it was like, okay, I saw a movie. Hmm. Let me move on. And I don't was know. It, it um, was, did you have a problem with Rebecca Ferguson or was it? I did. I did. I, I did. Okay. Good points. Nobody is even talking about Charlotte Rampling being in this movie, but it, it, she was in it such a short amount of time. The yeah. Reverend Mother. And the Reverend mm -hmm. Mother. Yeah. Charlotte Rampling goes back years, back mm -hmm. to the 70s. I saw her in a movie with Robert Mitchum. It was like a Dashiell Hammett type movie. And she has those um, kind of Lauren Bacall kind of cut of her face. But she's always been good. And I'm like, but you drape this veil over her. Nobody can see her face, but thankfully she could act through her hands. Oh my God, that's what I just typed in the chat. I was like, why did you? Oh, did you? Oh, I had <laughs> Oh my gosh. But I mean, that was how you, her voice and her hands made you know this woman. She is a fine actress. She always has been. And nobody has, even, I, I have yet to hear a review that said, well, for what little time Charlotte Rampling was on the screen, she was so good. But that's typical of her. Nobody's addressed her. Okay. Oscar Isaac. I liked him. Sharon said on Discord, she reminded, he reminded her of like somebody that should be in some kind of, you know, Greek tragedy or something. I would agree. Yeah. And I love that. He was, okay, that's one of the other things I did love. Paul had, what, three father figures? Mm -hmm. His actual father, he had Gurney, and he had uh, uh, Duncan Idaho. Yeah. That was so positive. So I am glad that that was shown. Uh, I think that's it for the performances because I'm sorry, but am I the only one that thinks that Skarsgård was channeling his inner Colonel Kurtz from Apocalypse Now. I mean, he, he was... <sighs> it was so little time, to be honest. Like he he did not have as much screen time as I expected the Baron to have. 
And so it's, I still don't really know how to feel about that performance necessarily. Uh, it, it definitely was not anything new. I can say that for sure. Well, he would rub his hand over his bald head. And I said, oh my God, that's Marlon Brando. Uh, it was just, I don't know. I was like, I, yeah, I would have liked to have seen more of him. Uh, who said somebody said Josh Brolin. Yeah, I like Josh Brolin. I did like him. Somebody was asking me what I think about Jason Momoa. I was like, he was Jason Momoa. That's all he ever is. He's always Jason Momoa. Yeah, I agree with Odin that we needed more of those two characters. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I even think in Lynch's Dune, uh, Duncan Idaho was not in it much. You see him returning from the scouting mission. Yeah. And then we see him briefly when they're on Dune, and that's about it. And I, I love Richard Jordan as an actor. Yeah. back then but no i don't think we saw enough of gurney or duncan but yeah like i said the movie looks good but okay the negatives other than hans zimmer the boom 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 uh i don't even know what to think about timothy he's just i've never seen him in anything I can't gauge how good an actor he is. Look up some of his stuff. He's got some really he's, good performances. Yeah, he's got some really solid, solid stuff in his repertoire. Well, he, I didn't hate him. He was just, he was good. Yeah. Bex. Sharon said, and I was laughing. Sharon said it's like some drama student in college that got the big role. And they don't, nobody's telling them really what to do. And they haven't studied the role. But they think, well, if I cry enough and wring my hands enough, that's going to be a great performance. And I'm like, number one, you're not Francesca Anise, who played her in Lynch's Dude. And Francesca Anise at that time was a drop dead, gorgeous redhead. I, I, some, me and Sharon were talking about this the, the, the other day. On, on the phone, I was like, Sharon said, and not at any time did she ever feel that Paul and Jessica, <laughs> she said Jessica was more like his babysitter, not his mother mm -hmm. or his governess. And I said, yeah, I never felt any kind of mother-son connection with the two of them. And then, of course, what Laura brought up on Discord Mm. Well, I I, that, I didn't originate that. I just heard no, that a lot. No, no, no. You, you were just you were just quoting it. But I was like, maybe that's what was bothering me. Maybe that was what was in the back of my head. And I know in the tent scene, and I'm not giving anything away, but I know in the tent scene, I, I started thinking about Hamlet and his mother and him going after her for remarrying not only her brother-in-law, but remarrying so quickly. And I thought they were going for that vibe, but then everything just, I was like, something's so off in this and I don't, I can't put my finger on it. So if other people are thinking that, then I wasn't the only one. I just don't think they expanded upon the character of Lady Jessica enough. Like, I think that was kind of like the big reason why that, that the relationship didn't really make a lot of sense just at all. It's because the, the emotional depth that is there between those two characters just didn't have enough time to develop because there's so much that's left out. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah Tim- and- Timothy is 25 and she's like in her late 30s. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and it's not the first time that you've had actresses that sometimes were younger than the leading man play their mother. Um, oh, shoot. Murder, she wrote. The, the uh, Angela, uh, Angela Lansbury. Yeah. Angela Lansbury played Lawrence Harvey's mother in Manchurian Candidate. And I think there was only like two or three years separating their ages. But it was just the way that she carried it off. That was why they cast her in it, in the role. But yeah, I, I think, and I've heard somebody else say this, you have a two and a half hour movie and I didn't think that a lot was fleshed out. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's just, I don't know. But when I saw it on HBO Max, I was like, well, Denis didn't bore me. I didn't fall asleep. I didn't look at my watch. I didn't ask Alexa what the time was. So that's pretty good. That's that's pretty, considering how I felt about his other stuff, I'd say that's pretty good. Yeah. As far as, far as me. But something is just missing. And, and in my letterbox, and I think I was, I was also coming off being angry because I had a headache and everything. Yeah. I, I quoted from Macbeth that it was like sound and fury signifying nothing. And, mm-hmm. and I hate putting it that way, but it was like, like I said, it was like I looked at it for two and a half hours, wasn't bored. But then I was like, OK, what's next? And it wasn't like me saying I need part two. It was more like me saying, oh, OK, well, I saw a fairly decent movie. Yeah. That's it. I don't know. For the sake of everybody that wants it, I'm glad they've greenlit a part two. I don't know that I'll go sit through it. I just I just don't know if I'm gonna put myself through that. Maybe I will, we're two or three years from that. So we'll see. But I don't know that I'll ever watch this again. Um, I just, my life is too short that I just don't know if I have the time to just keep rewatching something, something over again that didn't have it didn't have any heart for me. Well, I mean, uh, the first Jessica was like, she had so many facets to her. She was kind of like sensual and I mean, just stunningly beautiful. Yes. But then again, you got the feeling that she had that kind of hard side to her. Oh, um, absolutely. Absolutely. You're right. And see, like I never, I think we were talking about on discord and I said, Somebody was asking, did did the Duke and Jessica, did they have any kind of relations or anything? And I was like, or did they feel anything? And I was like, I I never felt any kind of sexual attraction. It was like Jessica was out of a thousand concubines and she was concubine number 998. And he suddenly realized, oh, I had a kid with her, didn't I? Uh, Bring her in. That I know at one point somebody rubbed the back of somebody's neck, but I didn't feel anything. And there have been other movies when I've seen that and it just turned me on, you know. To to the defense of that, I think it's because in the book there is a whole storyline about trying to create distance between those two characters to try and throw off basically the scent of the the baron. And uh, yeah, yeah, and and the court. Yeah. And so I I think that that may have just been built into the story as it was. 
Um, but I do agree that I think that they didn't ever really give it a good chance to really show how much love that they actually did feel for each other. And and see, they had the one moment in the bedroom because Laura, I was joking with you. I said, well, I think he said that he didn't want to go to bed, but it was kind of in the biblical sense. Of it. <laughs> um, but it, in the other movie, you actually show them. Well, I think it was a PG rated movie, so it was only so much they were going to show. But you actually see them in bed together and they're making love. And he says that line about I, I should have I should have married you. And it's very touching because you're actually seeing affection and they're in the privacy of their bedroom. Whereas in this, they're in the privacy of their bedroom and she's like, oh, well, I'm going to massage your forehead and we're still going to have this. And it's like, no, I, I need some kind of passion here. I'm a woman. I yeah. want to see stuff like that. But I've given you my highs and lows on it. Uh, I went into it as, as fair as I possibly could going, approaching a director that I, I he's just not a favorite of mine and i i gave him a very fair chance and mm -hmm. i honestly for what he was doing i think he knocked it out of the park but for me on a per, not so much a personal level but as a movie lover yeah. i just don't see me approaching this movie again but i'm very glad for everybody that wants a part two and maybe in two or three years i'll say you know what i'm gonna check it out and see what he does yeah and give him another opportunity, but mm -hmm. no, I'm, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Again, sometimes there's films that we just don't connect with. And also there's films that sometimes we don't connect with at a certain time. And then later on they do. And again, uh, that's why, as I said, some of the issues that I have with with the film are, are the story and, and, and just the lack of so many of the details that really I think could have added to it and the fact that they ended it where they did. And so I think that in the end, this film will really have to be kind of judged based off of whatever they all are able to pull off with part uh, part two in the right. end. Um, but I, I do, uh, I do need to head out actually. Cause yes, my wife, yes. my wife has been like, has been like, uh, well, cause she's had the baby now for, for over four hours. And I haven't um, today. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to say a huge thank you to all of my chosen, uh, Rosetta did have to head out uh, a little earlier. So shout out to Rosetta, uh, ZK man, Mr. Roy. And of course, Laura and Tina, thank you again, everyone, for, for being able to, to be here today. Also, of course, a uh, shout out to everyone uh, for joining this stream today. It's been, again, a, a marathon. Uh, and it's been uh, amazing and phenomenal. And again, shout out to the K man, Mr. Roy, uh, for your donations. And uh, yeah, we're going to get uh, Tina set up with some uh, with some 4K action. And uh, at the very least, uh, as far as time wise, I'll definitely be putting this out in the mail for you, uh, Tina. So again, the, okay. the Dune on 4K Aero Special uh, edition. And then uh, we'll we'll talk and get everything else set up. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I do not hold a candle to the EFAP crowd, that's for sure. Uh, but uh, I am, I'm glad to see that this actually ended up working for, for most people. Uh, Laura, unfortunately, got kicked out a few times. Um, but all things considered, I think it, uh, it ended up working out pretty yeah. well. So good to know for future streams and uh, future ideas that I, that I have to try and get people on. So well, thanks anyway, so yeah, well, thank you again. And again, shout out to all of the chosen of Valhalla. There's other members of the chosen who have not been able to, um, 
uh, join us uh, because of time and, and other things. So uh, shout out to everyone who has been a, a member of The Chosen. And again, because they're on with me right now, Tina, uh, Laura, thank you so much. And if you want to continue these conversations, you can head out to the Discord server. You can find a link to the Discord server yes! in the top link. The top link is my Willow link, and it'll bring you to all of the various links that I have for the channel. And uh, there is a movies channel on there. That's where Tina uh, typically will hang out. Uh, also, you'll find Laura over there. There's a general channel. There's tons of stuff over there uh, for everybody. And uh, it's a great place to continue these conversations. So uh, anyway, uh, I'm going to go ahead and play the outro video. Um, you guys are great. Uh, and then because of the way that this is, uh, this will be the end for uh, our conversation, at least uh, Tina and Laura. So again, th thank you so much both for, for You're being welcome. here. Have a good time. Saturday. Absolutely. You too. too. <laughs> blessed weekend. Happy, a happy Halloween, everybody. Uh, and a blessed All Saints Day on Monday. Also, I did put it out in all of my socials, but no stream tonight, obviously. <laughs> so, uh, we <laughs> so I'll see you all again on Tuesday. So uh, you guys are great. I'm going to kick out. So Tina, thank you for being here. Empress of the mm -hmm. Universe. And uh, Laura, the modern major general. Thank you for being here. Bye. And uh, that is going to be it for me today as well, everybody. So hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, God bless. And now for a huge shout out to all of my Patreon subscribe star and locals members, Andrew Hoyle, animation commentator, Brandon, Brian P, Christopher Bowman, Don Bruno de la Mancha, Father Christopher Miller, hail to you father, Father Damian Cook, Garrett Searles, Harold Francis, Inflamed Wood, Jacob Juice, Jeffrey Toon, Joe Horn, Jonathan Carney, Gomer Kyle, 79, Laura, the Modern Major General's Story, Mike Jackson, Dion, Mad Mitch Dunaway, Mondo Spieler, Mr. Peabody, On to June, Orange Hat Reviews, Out of Step with Reality, Priscilla Hall, Rosetta Allen, Stan Andrian, Teresa Martin, Theodore Benin, Tina Bojan, and Tina B, the Empress of the Universe. Thank you for being my Patreon members, and a huge shout-out to my Subscribestar members, The R, Fast Reaction, Nosferatsugatsu, John B, Perpetual Punster, Mr. Roy, Glinzer, J. Alex McCarthy Jr., Dean High Slash, the new number two, J-Rod, the beer guru, and ZK-Man. Thank you very much for supporting me over on Subscribestar. And to my one Locals member, Robert Barnes, thank you for supporting me over on Locals. And if you want a name shouted out, or your name rather, shouted out at the end of every single live stream and video, please consider joining on one of those platforms, either Patreon, Subscribestar, or Locals. Links to that can be found in the description. Look at that top link, especially. It's called the Willow link there. It'll give you links to all the social media platforms and also ways to support the channel. If you want to be an Army of Asgard level or above member, you can get access to giveaways that I do every single month. I give away 4Ks, Blu-rays, all kinds of stuff. It is a lot of fun. Also, if you join at the Keeper of the Bifrost level, you get access to all of that. Plus, you get access to an exclusive podcast that I do with John the Flick Pick Flick we have a lot of fun. We do that once or twice a month. And if you join at the Chosen of Valhalla level, you get all of that. Plus, in your first month, you get a t-shirt of your choice and send anywhere in the world. And also, you get to be featured on the channel once a month on the Chosen of Valhalla live stream where we get to hang out and have a good time. So anyway, if any of that sounds good, check out that link in the top of the video. As I mentioned, you guys are amazing and beautiful people. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, God bless.